Oh, just realised my my nipples are very. Look at that! The okay. excitement of recording again. Look at look, look at, at those. That. Look at that nipple. It's like a it's like a nail. You could hang a picture <laughs> up with that. Old man yeah. nipple that is. That's <laughs> what you happens. Go. Your balls go down to your knees, and your nipples grow enormous. Is this? Yeah. It's like you... a bullet. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> there you go. If you think it's because Tina's on the call, <laughs> there isn't anything coming out of it, is there? Well, my nipple. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, check. Yeah. Lift your top up. Let's have. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Hello and thank you for listening to 60MW. I'm Dave and this is the entertainment show for November and December 2022 and January and February 2023. Which means, of course, I am joined once again, at last, by Chris. Hello. Hello. It's, first of all, I should say, it's lovely to hear your silky tones back in my ear holes. (laughs) It's nice to be able to talk. To be able to talk and to be able to talk without coughing or half a lung flying up through my throat so it's nice it's nice to be back on the mic mate always a bonus isn't it it is when a that bonus. Happens. it you is know, not not to have that happen to you so yes it's lovely to be able to see you as well i can i can see you as we record so that's amazing yeah. i know people can't but uh dave is fully naked right now and uh yeah you're just semi-naked <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah well but as the show goes time. on yeah as the show, yes. show goes on and we are going to start live streaming again so um Everybody watch out for those once we get that settled. But the big news is it is time to pop the cork. And welcome back behind the mic for the first time in 10 <laughs> months. It's Tina. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hello. See, I, I didn't hear that, so it'll be fun for me to listen back to when it I do be. when the show's about. It could be anything. It could be the da 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 or whatever. I have no idea. There's a surprise for you, mate. When the when the show's released, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hello, Tina. Hello. hello. I'm not naked. I'm dressed like Sam Smith. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Rubber suit. Yeah, rubber suit, inflated. Rubber suit, can hardly walk. Yeah. Fuck, I look sexy, though. Is that how Sam Smith dresses? I have no Did idea. Did you not see the, was it the Brit Awards? Or yeah, the Brit, Brit Awards. Awards. Even I saw that. Got an no. amazing did, suit on. I did a rant show with Alan about <laughs> how I detest fashion, and even I saw it. Oh, mate, there, there's a Google for you. Sam Smith, Brit Awards. Let me do that now. Let's have a look at him. Off you go. That's that makes sense then, because uh, somebody sent me something on WhatsApp, uh, and it was like Sam Smith's outfit, and I, I made no, absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. So, um, okay, Brit Awards. Here we are. Yeah, some say he did copy Tina's look. Which is... He did copy my look. Oh, what? Did. The frigging. <laughs> 
What? It's like his legs are inflated or something. My What's legs really on? are that shape. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't fancy me in it, then? Wow. Thank that... you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. Did, were you just sick in your hand, then? That, the... <laughs> yeah. It's a luck, isn't it? I'm sure everybody listening to this would know if, for some strange reason... Holy shit. Please join Chris and just Say go... Say what you like Sam about Smith. Sam Smith. He got the whole world talking well, that's about him. Fair play, fair play. Good for you, Sam Smith. Yeah, there's loads of people there that I can't remember what they wore. I can remember exactly what he did, so yeah, did the job. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Did, uh, what's your opinion of Sam Smith? I know I can imagine Dave's. I don't know. But, uh, what What do you think of him as a, a singer, as an artist? Um, desperately trying to think of a song that he sings. Can't think of one. He, he did, did. He did, did a James did the, Bond one, didn't he? How yeah, did, did it go? Bond one. Don't know. I did think he got go? to number one. La, 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 I can't remember la, it at all. I don't know what it was. No. no. If it it's, isn't Shirley Bassey, I'm not interested when it comes to James Bond. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Dave? Do, do you have any opinion on him? No. The only song I know that he's done is the the Bond one, and like I said, I can't even bring that to mind. So. That's probably the only song of his I've ever heard as well. I think so he's I can't, quite, he's I can't quite really a comment. nice singer. Well, it could be a really good singer, yeah. but it's, I've it's heard that that new radar. song that he's got on, and again, I don't know. He's with he's with some. It's like a duet. Yeah, and I've heard it, and I thought, oh, that's all right, but it's not. No. It's not Agnes Obel, so I wouldn't buy it. Are you <laughs> are you more au fait with his music then, mate, than we are? So, it's it's I've just thought about it. it's the writings on the wall that was That's the theme that he did, yeah. which um, I wasn't a particular fan of. But then um, I, I don't know what it is about him though. He just sounds like he's going to cry every time he sings. Yeah, he just does. He's no of, Harry Styles. No, you know what? I mean, I, I'm going to lose a lot of street cred for <laughs> not that I had any in the first place. I don't mind Harry Styles actually. I think I uh, love him. I think he's uh, so talented. I'm see, being sincere as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he, no, I totally get, I get that. I haven't seen any of his films, but then, you know, he's obviously coming from the X Factor and then, uh, you know, breaking it on his own. And I think was his one of his singles, the one of the longest running singles in on the US chart or something like that, his yeah. last one that he did. Um, so, but I, there's a few of his songs actually I quite like. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, how about that then? Mm. Nobody's going to talk haven't to Haven't you now. seen Dunkirk? <laughs> Uh, no. What? I know that no, that it's one of those, and it's Nolan, and uh, you know, and it's good and everything else, but I just haven't got around to watching it yet. It's uh, very good, so you, you'll like it. It's a very good film. He was in that uh, that raunchy film as well, wasn't he, with uh, Florence Pugh? Mm, I like Florence uh, Pugh, uh, which I haven't seen, but um, don't worry, that, darling. That's the one. Yeah, that kind of, because I, I, what I did see of that was, though, that, that was around the Cannes Film Festival. And yeah. There was apparently all this tension between him and Chris Pine. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he allegedly spat in his hand or something, <laughs> which uh, was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then, he's, was it in another one, The Policeman or something like that? Yeah. But uh, My I mean, Policeman, starring Emma Corrin. So, that, yeah, so for him to be able to, like, go from X Factor and then, you know, like I said, become a breakout artist, hugely successful, not just here, but in America as well, and then to star in films. Yeah, you're right. He's absolutely really talented. So. Oh, yeah. Isn't he from Northwich? Oh, I don't know. Because I have some vague memory of when they were on the X Factor 
and Dave's daughter, Megan, going to his house a lot and hanging around outside. Oh, I'm Gary, sure Gary he's Barlow from... used to live just outside. He's from either Northwich or lived near know. Northwich. And Megan used Cheshire. to... Yeah. yeah. Megan mm. used to go and stalk him. But, of course, he was in L.A., so... Yeah. 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 Mm. I know that one of the uh, former One Direction band members is from Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> Liam Liam Payne, I think he he he's famous for that and for shagging Cheryl Cole or whatever her name is. Oh, um, and I, I think they had a baby together. I think. Yeah. They, fuck me, this sounds like fucking Heat magazine it podcast is, or something, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Jesus Christ, with TMZ. Yeah, yeah, and it's all What's my fault. Yeah. I need to go and take all, this outfit. All off. our regular listeners will be going, "What the fuck's happened to you over the last yeah. four months?" Yeah, this this you say you can argue it's Tina's influence, yeah. but also yeah. it's Dave. You know, Dave. You know, he's he's turned into a new man with after his uh, illnesses and everything else, <laughs> opening himself up to other things, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. embracing everything now. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, but it's good to talk to you both. Anyway. It is good. It is good to be back, mate, and to see you and have a chat. So yeah, hopefully all the shows will be back more regular. Well, not hopefully. Yeah, they bloody well will. Now. Oh, they will. They will. You're over hopefully. it all now. Yeah, that's it now. Everything's but, fine. We're up and yeah. running. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to start. You know, we normally start, and I don't often have much um, TV <coughs> to talk about. Tina, yes. Tina's more than made up for that, mate. She's got a list of TV stuff. So Ooh, I've, I've got, I've got a few TV. Oh, well. well, I'll sit back and I'll relax. Say, sod, sod Dave off, Tina. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll just lean back and put my hands down my pants and get comfy, like. Um, <laughs> Was it, well, oh God, married with children. That's Al. 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 Al Bundy. I was going to say Ted Bundy then, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he puts his hands in other places, not down the front of his pants. <laughs> so I'll leave it. I'll leave it to you, two, to give us some TV chats. So shall we? Shall we be polite and do the ladies first thing? Ladies right? first. Like Tina, right? Tina, Definitely. over to you. <laughs> well, Dave just watches films, doesn't he? Yes. Don't you? You're boring, aren't you, Dave, really? You won't no, watch anything no. on telly. Hmm. Unless it's uh, unless, Tulsa oh, King. Unless it's I Tulsa actually King. got him to watch Tulsa King, which is amazing, hmm. all the way through. But I watch... Um, I sat with my hands down my pants watching that as well, funnily <laughs> enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> I watch quite a lot of telly. Um, well, actually, I listen to it as I'm painting. Um, so I thought instead of picking a load of films, I'd just talk about a few of the things that I've listened, I've watched and listened to mm. over the last year or so. Mm. Um, so the first one is uh, I like fantasy shows, and have you you've erotic got erotic fantasy? No, not erotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, erotic. Like the red shoe, the red shoe diaries. Oh, <laughs> old school. What's that? Do you know? Oh, shut up. You <laughs> Really don't what what is it? Is it something from the eighties? No, it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't the eighties, was it? it? Was that not more nineties? Yeah, yeah. there was that whole yeah. erotic. Shannon Tweed was in loads of stuff like no, that. And I all would, those well, why would things. I watch something yeah. like that? I, I'm sure David Duchovny sort of was in the Red Shoe Diaries. Was he? Sort of like, I think so. He was. Um, I'm sure it always started off with him, and then uh, you know, like you said, it would be a bit of a soft core mm. uh, <laughs> porn show where oh. there'd be a s slow motion and and dimly lit yeah. Yeah. still colours with their it? pants soft on. Focus. Yeah. Did anybody have a red shoe on? 
Uh, possibly. Yeah. I, I mean, it was one of those where I think I stayed up late watching it because it used to be on, on on ITV late at night and, you know, hoping for a glimpse of, of something to get me going. <laughs> <laughs> sort of that time of my life, you know, so. Um, late sure 30s. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was sort of around that time. No, I oh, can't right. say that I've ever watched erotic. I can remember when, when I was younger and my mum and dad first had Sky. This is going back 30 odd years. And my dad would, would sit downstairs and all I could hear was German voices and yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Right. Because oh, you used wow. to be able to get porn, didn't yeah. you, on, yeah. when Sky you first lucky, started? Yeah, you got one of the ones that wasn't scrambled. Yeah, yeah Friday night <laughs> And even if they were, be... you, could, you could like, it would just be like really grainy and you'd make out, I don't know, an ankle. And oh, then, really? You know, <laughs> but you'd get the sound clear normally yeah. and then you'd just Is that, you just close your eyes and yeah. clench? Oh, oh, what's going on? Oh, I don't understand German. Oh, <laughs> Oh, the guy's just said, Ich komme. Oh, I know what he's doing now. And that would be it. Yeah, Friday uh, night know? would be... Uh, I'm German, you know. I, I used to be very good at German at school. Uh, yeah, Friday night would be German porn night on, um, uh, you know, like the early days of Sky. And then Saturday you'd have stuff on as well. But uh, I think Friday, you got Euro trash as well. So it would be like, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be uh, your adolescent, <laughs> you know, hoping to see some some TNA and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, we went off on okay. a tangent. Off you Derailed you. It's yeah. okay. Um, so have you got Prime, Chris? Amazon Prime. Yes. Do you ever yes, watch have. anything on it? Um, well, at the moment, I'm watching Clarkson's Farm 2, because um, that's just come out. So, uh, yes, we do. Um, but TV shows, because they do a lot of like stuff. We watch, actually, the probably is a lot... Uh, just think of but i say no but then i'm thinking well bosh we watch that that's an amazon prime exclusive so there are probably are a few exclusives that we watch but then there's things like the man in the high castle that was that's an amazon prime i've never watched mm. that and other things like um i'm sure there's another science fiction thingy on there but anyway whatever but so yes and no it's kind of mixed yeah yeah well i we, well we've got what well, most people have prime i think a lot of people forget about it because they just get free parcels don't they but um yeah. There's quite a lot of really big epic shows on Prime that I think a lot of people don't really know about unless they're into Lord of the Rings. Like there's that Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power. I love Lord of the Rings and I've only just remembered that it's on there. So we haven't watched it. Well, I haven't watched it because Dave wouldn't. But one series that I have watched that I can recommend is Wheel of Time. Have you heard of that? No. Hmm. Mm. It's it's one of those programs that's got a good actor in it, which sort of elevates it, you know, beyond being a bit crappy and fantasy. All the CG in it is really good. The story's really good. And Rosamund Pike is the main character in it. Oh, I like her. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, she's really good in it. And she's gay as well, which probably makes you like her more. Hmm. Well, not in wow. real life, but in this program. Yeah. So she's uh, she plays a character, a witch called Moraine, and she's an ice Sedai of the Blue Ajar. Wow. <laughs> so like, it's all so clear now. It's all like, yeah, it's a proper big budget fantasy program. Uh, I think they've just filmed series two. Um, it's about a small village. It's sort of like Game of thrones E but a bit more, less sex, more magic, less chopping heads off in it. 
a gang of like tweenies all have powerful magical abilities and she drops down on the village because one of them is uh, is going to save the world and it's their journey from where they live in the village and of course you know things happen they get attacked they get split up and they're all going to this citadel where the ice die uh, sort of rule so it ended on a cliffhanger but if you like fantasy it's worth a watch mainly because it's done with a straight face mm. you know it's not it's not silly or um it's it's fantasy for grown-ups so, so it's not like a kids kid, oh god you know, no 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 okay no there's quite a bit of leisure action in it as well for you, Chris, so. <laughs> oh, yeah so that's my, sold <laughs> that's my that's my first one never heard of that i mean like you said <clears throat> it's got a big actor in it and mm. so um but no I'll, I'll have to check that one out yeah it's very good mm. Mm. Okay, uh, you, the uh lord of the rings show i must admit i fell off lord of the rings um after the original trilogy i watched the first two of the hobbit movies and then just never bothered with the third one um and then i just i've no i had no interest in this at all but I, my friend who i've spoken to about it he said that it wasn't great and mm. he didn't really enjoy it particularly so mm. well we, i don't know what you're, if you've watched it after being ill i there were two things that i wanted <laughs> one was the 4k box set of harry potter i'm a massive harry potter fan and J.K. Rowling, she's ace as well. Just thought I'd add that. <laughs> Hope I haven't offended anybody, but I like her. Ah, oh, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Um, and the other thing was I wanted the 4K Lord of the Rings, the first three films, uh, mm -hmm. not The Hobbit, uh, because we went to the cinema, didn't we, when it came out? Because yeah, I really yeah. love that world. And I've never seen the third film either, which is mm. terrible for me. Uh and Dave, I think you watched the first film before we met each other. I saw the didn't first you? two. The first two. Yeah. We still haven't watched the third I've one. I've never though. seen. You haven't seen Return of the King. No, I've never seen. So it. we've oh, still God. got that left to watch. Wow. And you have to admit, you kind of liked them, didn't you? In four yeah, K. Nice to sit with them. Four, yeah, I mean, it looked amazing. The four K Blu rays looked really Were you good bored? and sounded really good. I mean, it was still you know, a long walk across a big field, oh. but the field looked oh. really good. So yeah. that helps. So we've got the third film. To, uh, did you like Harry Potter more? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Harry Potter the first time that we saw them because we saw them at the cinema, mm. and it's good. Um, yeah, I would say that I am enjoying them more on a on a second viewing with the Harry Potter ones. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. you're more childlike now. You're older. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm regressing to yeah. my childhood yeah. again. So yeah. So do you want me to tell you the next one or yeah, do you go, want to go, go now? Th no, go th go through your list. Let's. Oh, okay. We, we, we shall see what you've got. So you know, like you've gone you've gone old school, Tina. You've got a piece of paper. I've got it? a piece of paper. It's because I, I can't read the screen from where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh. I'm that blind. <laughs> uh, I really love history. So I collect history DVDs. Any film that was ever made that was is remotely about history, I buy it. So like, you know, Mary Queen of Scots, Elizabeth I, all of them, because I did history at university and I specialised in the interregnum and Tudor periods. I'm very posh. She's, Have you noticed? She is very posh. 
I can, showing off now. Yeah. Showing off. She now. said a long word and I didn't know what it meant. So I didn't I, know what that meant. No, I just no. I thought we'd gloss over it. Thought, hell, we'll just yeah. we'll just own up to it and go. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know that one. Just nod. Not a clue. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to pat me on the head yeah, the as well? Interregnum. Yeah. Yes. The interregnum. Do you of want me course. to tell you what the interregnum, the interregnum is? It sounds like it sounds like a body part. The interregnum is the period when Charles the First had his head cut off, right until Charles the Second took the throne. And in between was Oliver Cromwell. And that period of time is known to historians as the interregnum. There you go. Mm, You learn something every day. Informative (laughs) and entertaining. Clever clogs. (laughs) So all history programmes and all history films are all balls. They're very sparse with the truth, but I love them anyway. to be fair, we've watched quite a few history films. Obviously, with being with Tina, we watched different films. Yeah. And we've watched some crackers. You know, yeah. You've introduced me some re- some really good ones. Yeah. But we'll watch it and I'll say, oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a really good film. And then you'll say, oh, if only they'd have put the truth in because bloody, bloody, blah happened. A bloody, bloody, blah happened. And it was like, holy shit, why didn't they put that in? Yeah. Why didn't they tell the truth and tell the proper story? Because it would have been even better. Because of frilly dresses. Yeah, frilly Probably. dresses. Yeah. yeah. So mm. one series that I acquired out of thin air because it's on stars is The Serpent Queen. And this is about Catherine de' Medici. Ever heard of her, anybody? <laughs> no, this is, like a, this is also a history test for you listeners yeah. as we go through this. So Catherine de' Medici was a member of the Medici family from Italy. If you go to Florence, everywhere you walk around mm-hmm. is full of Medici stuff. Uh, She was a queen in the 16th century, so 1500 and something. Uh, And it stars Samantha Morton as Catherine, which again, like Wheel of Time, a really good actress in a part that elevates the whole series to something really, really good. Um, Which we'll come back when we, there's a film that we're going to talk about where having a good actor in it really (laughs) made it better though, isn't it? Yes, which film? <laughs> I'll remind you when we get to the film. Okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, are you familiar with Samantha Morton as an actress? Have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was very good in Minority Report, seems mm. to remember. And she was in another film with Paddy Constein. Uh, was it in America? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I really liked as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else she's been in. I'll have a look. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm familiar with her. She's an unusual actress, really, because she can go from being in The Walking Dead, because she had a massive part in that, uh, to like really obscure Woody Allen films. I think her first film was a Woody Allen film, Sweet and Lowdown. So, oh, yeah. Do you remember Sweet and Lowdown, Dave? That's uh, Sean Penn, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. a brilliant film. Um so it it's starts with her as a 14-year-old marrying the King of France and just sort of tells her story because she's a really infamous Renaissance queen, well-known for murdering her en- enemies, poisoning them, shagging around a bit. Um, it's all filmed on location. Hardly any of it's true. <laughs> It's like a soap opera, a Renaissance soap opera, but it's really, really enjoyable. I don't know where you, I think you can um, buy it off Amazon through Stars. 
Would he be on um, Disney Plus? Because that I'm done. Stars have is stars. on there. Stars is on there, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's not it's not not unless it just has been on there. Um, but I haven't noticed it. No, I acquired it. Hmm. Mm. Uh, best history series, though. Uh, if you're remotely interested in, you know, history, is the great, and that's on Hulu. But it's also on Channel Four, and it's about Catherine the Great in Russia. It's probably one of the most funniest series I've ever seen, and there is so much shagging in it you wouldn't believe so you'd like it chris and it stars nicholas holt and he's absolutely i i I've honestly i laugh out yeah. loud at it he's so funny in it he's just like he's his head is always up somebody's skirt <laughs> it's is, just i've it's, seen as you've been watching it i think i've probably seen maybe like about two two clips yeah but both times it's been rude and funny. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it is r- yeah. very rude and very funny. Again, historically incorrect, but it doesn't really matter. So the second season of that's just been on Channel 4, so you should be able to watch that on Catch Up. But that's that's really good as well. Excellent. I remember seeing him in uh, About a Boy many yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like he's obviously gone on to become a big star, hasn't he? You know, he's starting to... Isn't that, have you seen the trailer for Renfield? With yeah. Yeah. Cage? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that looks mad, doesn't it? <laughs> It does look good. It does look good. <laughs> it does look good, doesn't it? Although we would, uh, I was telling Dave last night that um, Robert Eggers' new film uh, has just been announced again, starring Emma Corrin. <laughs> she seems to be in the middle. It's round. Yeah, um, Nosferatu. So oh. how mad that'll be? Because he directed The Lighthouse and The Witch, and they're both incredible films, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But uh, what he's going to do with vampires will be amazing. So do you want a bit of blood and guts now? You may have seen this. They're all history. (laughs) They're all like historical programmes I watch. Have you ever heard or seen The Last Kingdom? No, it's... that's. Am I thinking of the one with... um, Oh, Legolas, what's his name? (laughs) No. No, that's something else. Go on, carry on. Uh, It's based on Bernard Cornwell's The Saxon Stories series of novels that started out on BBC Two in 2015. And then Netflix picked it up because it was so popular. Um, The man that's in it who plays, (laughs) his name was Osbert, but then he gets kidnapped by the Vikings. Sounds great, doesn't it? It is great. And his name's Uhtred. There's a lot of sex in this one as well, Chris. It's mm. not Spartacus level sex though, but there's an awful lot of head chopping off as well, which is really good for blokes. Mm. Sex and gore. <coughs> um, so that's it, it. Is actually, I think, the Last Kingdoms like Dallas or Dynasty, but with death in it, and uh, it's probably the sort of series that you might get Kay into because I know she doesn't like violence, does she? Mm, she no. might she might like this though when she sees Uhtred naked yeah. <laughs> having a bit of a shag in a pond having a shag on a fur bed having a shag up against the wall <laughs> killing a few people shagging somebody else yeah I think Kay would like this mm. Mm, big hoary Vikings uh, <gasps> so so that's I think it's series five up to series five is on Netflix 
and it's ended now but they've just filmed a film to tie all the laces up but uh but i've read some of the books as well um oh, you are really showing off aren't you history reading books reading yeah. hell reading i can't be, i i listen to <laughs> yeah i i listen to books i don't read them yeah. christ yeah well yeah i read i could tell you oh some great books i've read but i won't go into that go on you have a go now chris because i've got a couple more Oh, okay, okay, right. So, uh, just a, I like to do little report cards, don't I? Because Dave tends to recommend quite a few bits and pieces. So, uh, we've been watching Welcome to Wrexham on Disney hey! Plus, which uh, is awesome. I can't remember what prompted me to. Like, what well, obviously Dave talks about it, but then I think that the um, Wrexham were playing in the FA Cup, yeah. and mm. I watched it on TV, and they interviewed Ryan Reynolds, and so I thought, yeah, fancy watching this. So we've watched um, probably about I don't know half a dozen to eight episodes. I can't remember how far we've got into it, but uh, you know the stories. You know we we all know about, isn't it? Like two Hollywood stars, one sort of I suppose you could argue megastar with Ryan Reynolds uh, by Wrexham Football Club. But what I really like about it, and I think you emphasise this, is that. It's not just about them. It's not a vanity project for them in terms of like, you know, look how good we are. They are in the show, obviously, but it spends a lot of time talking about the actual place and the history, the club, you know, the people who ran it before, um, you know, how the, the Welsh people, in you know, and everything else, what it means to them. And um, it's it's really good. It's really funny. It's really entertaining, but um, it's really poignant as well. There's a lot of pathos there as well. And uh yeah, we're, we're really enjoying it. I think because it's the episodes are um, relatively short. You sort of like talking twenty five minutes generally, uh, so far anyway. Uh, yeah. That you can sort of you can really binge it. We tend to watch a couple of episodes, maybe yeah. two or th uh, two or three, depending on how we're feeling. And um, it's really cool. It's really good. I think there's so much cynicism around football. I mean, I still watch football. I'm not, I, I, but I can slowly feel myself falling out of love with it uh because of the everything really that surrounds it the the money the you know the the ownership of clubs um just it's you know the, the way that fans are treated it's um it's hard to to kind of i suppose love it if you know if you you sort of you you buy into a all of that other stuff which you you know you, you kind of take on board of the, the other the sort of darker side of it and everything but uh this has kind of reinvigorated it a little bit and i've got you know i, I don't i've never watched wrexham on tv but they tend to be they are on bt sport and i was watching one of their matches the other day and it's almost like the tv show has kind of made me almost a bit of a fan of them <laughs> because <laughs> you, you i want to see them do well i want to see yeah. them promoted yeah. i want to see them you know because of how much it means to the uh, the people who live in that area and how much they love the club and the fans that have, you know, past, present and future, I suppose. And so it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's a good show. Like I said, it's very funny, but it's also uh, quite heartwarming as well. Well, so Wrexham's our, our team and my dad, who, who died 25 years ago, was a massive Wrexham fan as are, it, it. I don't know if it's a Welsh thing, or or what it is, you know, because when you think of Wales, you think of rugby, don't you? But yeah. but Wrexham, because it's undergone so many changes. If you like football, you are a Wrexham fan, and 
people that I know who are the same age as me are massive Wrexham fans and sort of, you know, when, when the club was owned by that awful person and then you know the fans took it over a friend of ours actually rob he's he's the guy who's in the dvd shop yeah, yeah. he's he's like the biggest rex and fan and genuine as well uh, that actually that's the only bugbear i have about that program i don't know his name but they feature one lad in there who's who's really mouthy and a gobshite and i wish they hadn't picked him to represent the men in Wrexham, because mm. you can pick, you know, we've got, you know, real industrial past, you know, and it's it's a very working class town, but they had to pick him and he doesn't represent the heart of the team. He, he's just totally the wrong. Every time I see him, I cringe and think, oh, why are you giving him airtime? Oh, my God, because mm. yeah. there are so many blokes in Wrexham that could have been in his place who were genuinely massive fans i mean like rob for instance from the dvd shop huge fan and genuine as well but he's only had been in it a couple of times mm. but uh but wrexham it, it's it's weird because it it really means something to everybody before mm. ryan reynolds and rob how do you see his name? McElhenney. McElhenney, yeah, before they yeah. bought it. and um, I, I couldn't say it, say it either until I <laughs> yeah, watched the I show. Can, yeah, because I, so. I think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is shit. It's just I've never this, watched it. It's the same episode over and over and over and over, and we watched something like seven seasons of I it. I was enjoying it, but it was you that oh, tapped out, wasn't it? Oh, I hated it. It just got so bored. Anyway, that's a different... <laughs> yeah, but they've made such a difference to the town as well, haven't they? Yeah, the whole area yeah. has changed yeah. so much. In I mean, you can tell... And stuff you don't know about yeah, as well. Yeah, there's more of an upbeat feeling everywhere. And, of course, there's so many more people coming into Wrexham. I mean, because we're about 15 miles south of Wrexham. 12. 12 there you go, to be precise. <laughs> uh, but obviously we go there, you know, that's the main the main place to go for the shops and everything if you want to do some shopping uh, but it's it's incredible seeing online uh, there was this like Rex and fan clubs everywhere just the other Saturday just gone there were 30, 30 people from the Canadian Rex and fan club yeah. come over to watch the game with and, Will Ferrell yeah there you go so the pub that's people that have seen the series will know about the turf uh, yeah Will Ferrell was in there the other weekend having a pint wow. and it's like it's like Hollywood's just up the road from us now. You don't yeah. know who you're going to bump into or what's going to happen. It's just, it's weird though, isn't yeah, it? It is, but it's really yeah. good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like, you know, I said, talking about some of the ownership of certain clubs owned by states, you know, <laughs> countries or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and you kind of get the feeling that, you know, it isn't just a vanity project for them. They get oh, it. Not, they, no, get, they, yeah. they get the, mm. the, you know, the, and that's kind of explained when Rob, decided to go for it because of his own upbringing and background, yeah, you know, and yeah. um, so that's, that's really cool. Um, uh, so yeah. And then um, moving on, I, I'll, I'll save my, my sort of like recommended show yeah. for after I'll come pass back to Tina in a minute, but okay. yeah, so I've mentioned it already, but Clarkson's farm two is out on Amazon prime. Um, people either, I guess, love or hate Jeremy Clarkson. I uh, never used to watch top, Gear. I was gonna say Top Gun then, but I knew that was wrong. Um, imagine, so never... imagine Jeremy Clarkson, yeah, <laughs> in, in Top it's, Gun it's, instead, it's something instead he, of Tom he, Cruise. 
Yeah, it's something you can imagine him doing as one of his stunts or something. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I've never really watched Top Gear. So, you know, but, you know, obviously new bits. Of, I tried to watch um, the Grand Tour, but I it never clicked with me. I, I just, I don't know, I found it a bit too sort of gimmicky or whatever. Mm. So anyway, um, but Clarkson's Farm, I can't remember, Dave, did you, have you watched this? No, no, I've not seen it. Uh, okay, so uh, again, it's one going to be one of those things. I think if you don't like Jeremy Clarkson, I don't know if this is going to change your opinion of him or not. But uh, so a friend recommended it to us, and we watched the first series and found it absolutely hilarious. And in places, it's so I suppose a little bit like well, Welcome to Wrexham, in as much as that there's some really funny bits because obviously he's, he's farming for the first time. He, he owns lots of land and farm and, and whatever and he's doing this for the first time making lots of mistakes there's lots of characters on the show which uh there's one in particular called caleb who's a very he's a young chap but he's obviously got a wealth of experience growing up in that environment and he just calls clarkson a fucking idiot a lot of the time uh which you know a lot of people will probably enjoy uh because he's totally out of his depth you know he's he's um he really doesn't know what he's doing and i suppose there's this other side to it if you're going to give him a bit of um uh, credit is that you know a, a lot of the stuff that he does is yes he's known for obviously you know driving cars and people can criticize him for damaging the environment in that respect but then he does a lot with his farm in, in terms of like the local wildlife and um you know kind of the uh the land and the environment and everything else that you know he's trying to put back into all of that sort of stuff and people go oh, yes it's a bit of a, a stunt or whatever he's you know the whole show and everything but I was genuinely touched at the end of the first series. There was a point where I think you kind of, you watched him go through this journey uh, with all of these people and you're just all these characters. And he's kind of like the, I suppose the ups and downs of everything else. And uh, what I got from it was, which I wasn't expecting was a real appreciation of farming and how hard it is. And I'd never want to be a farmer <laughs> because it's just <laughs> the most difficult job. I think that anybody could do in terms of the, um, the hours that you have to put into it, the time, the, the risk, uh, the, the, the just pure chance uh, in terms of, you know, have, praying for rain. And then there are times where you don't want it to rain. And, and it's sort of all of that kind of stuff, the level of um, industry involved, you know, the, the, the machines that they use, the science and everything else has given me such a big, uh, appreciation of the whole kind of farming in industry so that's something that's come out of it which i wasn't expecting mm -hmm. but it's really touching as well but so anyway the second series um has started and uh it's again the episodes are about 40 to 45 minutes so you can generally kind of binge them if you want to but we've watched i think we're on episode four now and it carries on where the first one ended um i'm not going to spoil it for you but it kind of the target he set i suppose from in the first series was you know, uh, how much money is he, is he going to potentially make from this? Yeah. And it's very surprising, you know, if he makes any money at all um, from every, all of his work, all the endeavours and everything else that he puts into it. So, and the second series carries on, but then you've probably heard bits and pieces in the news about, you know, his farm shop, his restaurants and yeah. Yeah. other bits and pieces. But this kind of goes <laughs> into a bit more detail about that. It's, it, it's, it's you know, how he got it off the ground and everything else. And um, so I don't really know too much. I know that there's been various things like his, I think his farm shop was shut and then his, his restaurant has had problems and all the bits and pieces. So it's good, but I think it's really good. But I think it's going to be one of those, if you don't like Clarkson, 
you might not even bother watching it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I, I would totally recommend it. It's really good. It's a good show. And and not just, you know, if you can get past that, you know, because you, you might not like him, you, then I think hopefully you'll get something out of it. It's not just him. But Don't you think on, he's on, like Lorraine Kelly, where he's he's Jeremy Clarkson, the character, but then there's a real Jeremy Clarkson as well. And that he yeah. acts like that because I I I I just think he's a bit of a knob, really, you know. But I yeah. don't dislike him. Um, but I have to say, you know, that thing that he wrote about Meghan Markle um, a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I didn't like it. Now mm. I am not a fan of Meghan Markle or the royal family. Dave can tell you I am not a royalist by any means. But what he wrote about her. I didn't think it was right. Mm. And it made me go, oh, you fucked yourself up the arse with this one, Jeremy. stepped over a line, yeah. Yeah. And he did step over a line, and I know that it was a newspaper article and he did it for effect, but he he should have gone, that's a bit much saying that I want, you know, I wish she was naked and I'm going to throw my shit at her. That's a horrible thing to say about any woman. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and I think, you know, Quite rightly, he got uh, pilloried for that, didn't he? And uh, received a lot of criticism. So, but uh, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think you you are right that there is that element of you know, is he playing up to the cameras or whatever? Um, but I think one thing that this does, which I, again I can't comment because I don't know if it happened on Top Gear, was that it does sort of expose him as a bit of a tit and yeah. a bit of a, tw- <laughs> a bit of a knob, it does really, yeah. And, yeah. and because he doesn't you know he makes a lot of mistakes and doesn't know what he's doing and uh you know as i said there are people that are around him that let him know that <laughs> so <laughs> it's worth watching for that he's he's not calling the shots and he's not the the sort of like you know uh with top gear again i didn't watch it but i, I was kind of got this idea that he was the leader and then he got richard hammond and yeah. james may as yeah. his followers kind of thing whereas this this isn't the case at all so uh it's good recommended mm. might let you watch that oh thank you it's on amazon prime very good oh that's good yeah it does it sounds interesting mate it does yeah some funny stuff then <laughs> that isn't historical <laughs> hooray are there any funny historical things is, is does well count? i am going to talk about plebs. one yeah plebs counts doesn't it yeah, yeah plebs yeah review yeah. review on the website quite recently yeah. there you go yeah have you seen motherland no. Oh, my God. That is really good. So uh, Anna w- Maxwell Martin plays Julia. And are you familiar with Philomena Cunt? <laughs> yeah. Philomena Cunt. That's a bit of a Freudian <laughs> slip, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Cunt, it's a, sorry. It's a good cunt. Job. We're an I've actually, show. I've written cunt down as have well. Have you? I have. Dear me. You know why I wrote that, don't you? Lady Chatterley's lover. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Just finished watching that and that's all. So what was in your mind? So this has been on for a few years now and I really shouldn't like it at all. Do you want to give some context to that? Is it Philomena Kunk? Yeah. She's on Charlie Brooker's show, isn't she? Yeah. Whenever whenever he does one. And she's sort of like this. She interviews people and (laughs) she's a bit of a... She asks awkward questions and it's a bit of a piss take, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah. With a straight of, uh, face. <laughs> yes. Yes. So D- Diane Morgan, who who is Philomena Kunk, 
is is also in a, a comedy program called Mandy. And it's on really intermittently on BBC yeah, Two. And yeah. we've only caught probably three, three. episodes. Three. I think we've seen three yeah. and every one has been a classic. So they're yeah. hilarious. Yeah, if you can catch so, Mandy anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> but Motherland is it's just so funny. Uh, and I probably shouldn't. Uh, it's yet another series I shouldn't mention, like mentioning J.K. Rowling because, um, oh, my God, his name's gone. Who wrote Father Ted? Oh. Gray and Linehan mm-hmm. wrote Gray, yes, it, yes, and Sharon yeah. Horan. So it's yeah. about it's about a group of mums that meet at the school gates, and they all live in London, and they're all very sort of mm. upper middle class and live in massive, ha- except for for the and, and one dad, and one dad who's yeah, but it's uh, it's really really funny. Um, but and I shouldn't like it. It's every everything about it is stuff that just make me go. I'm not watching that. Posh bitches with leather jackets living in London <laughs> with massive houses. But um, yeah, it's really great. There's a good mixture of humour in it because there's some there's some. Well, I mean, a lot most of it is laugh out loud humour, but there's some cringe humour to it, oh, yeah. and, and there's some you know just like classic classic yeah humor, it's, just, anyway. but it's, it's just women but it reflects, talking yeah, it reflects real life a lot there's a lot of situations that happen in it mainly that, how much we hate our kids yeah especially if you're a parent there's a lot that you can really relate to yeah with kids having kids and interacting with other parents as well mm. and how yeah. all the women hate their husbands yeah it's funny because obviously, you know, you're kind of thrown into that environment, aren't you, when you have children about yeah. on the school gates? Because I do it, there's, um, you know, and I've done it with, well, both of my kids that you uh, you become friendly with, you know, friends with some of them, I suppose, more friendly than others. And then there are others that you, like you said, you make your own opinions of them. You think, oh, posh wanker. <laughs> or, oh, he's such a twat. Or, or what smug fucker. Or, so, you know what I mean? And it, there are, there are, there are those situations, like you said, when you sort of, you know, you kind of forced into it, aren't you? While you're waiting for five or 10 minutes for your kids to come out of the school gates, you almost feel obliged to make small talk. Are you and, the dad um, then? Because when I when Wes was little and I used to pick him up from school, there was always just one dad. John. No, there's loads. <laughs> there's loads of dads. There's um uh, there's there's a few I talk to and then um but uh yeah there's there's quite a lot of moms and stuff like that. But it's sometimes it's it's down to who you, your kids are friendly with, isn't it? That you mm. and like kids parties. Is, that's the other thing. Is, yeah. and that, you know, if you either go to a kids party that you've been invited to, or your kids been invited to, or you invite your child's friends again you're almost thrown into that sort of like you know talking to strangers who you may or may not like uh but you have to kind of almost have a conversation with them because you know they're your your friends mm-hmm. your, your, mm. your kids friends parents and that can be a bit awkward as well so i can imagine there's quite a funny there's some funny situations that yeah come out of that. yeah there are it's good uh so the other comedy program which is absolutely my favourite comedy programme that I've seen in the last five years. And I have only ever met one other person who's watched it. Um, It's just so brilliant. It's a little bit fleabaggy in the way that it's about women and written by a woman. The woman's Sophie Willen. Uh, 
and it's about her life and it's called Alma's Not Normal and it was on BBC Two. Ever heard of that? No. I really cannot recommend this highly enough. It's six parts and it follows Alma. She's an aspiring actress, but she's from Bolton and she's really common and she's got no money, so she becomes an escort. But the main thing about it is her mum is a heroin addict, so she was brought up in care. And this is true as well. It really happened to the woman that wrote it. And she won, I think she won the BAFTA for Best Comedy Programme last year. And yet, people still haven't watched it. Mm. Um, And her gran brought her up. So her gran's Lorraine Ashcroft. And she's married to Andy Serkis. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. So she plays the gran and her mum is... Siobhan Finneran, who's in Happy Valley, who's the main character's sister in Happy Valley. I have never, honestly, I I literally peed, have peed my pants watching this programme. It is so funny. Dave bought it me for Christmas. You haven't watched any of it, have you? No. <clears throat> no. It's, um, it's three generations of totally fucked up women. And it is, without a doubt, you know, Fleabag always be number one. Alma's not normal. Comes a close second. It's absolutely brilliant. Can't recommend it highly enough. Mm. Mm. I'll have to check that one out then. Because that'll probably be on the iPlayer, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, brief mention for the endings of three great shows that have been on that I've loved. Uh, Happy Valley. Okay. All not three. watched that. Right. I, I, I do want to watch it because people talking about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. And better that you watch all three series one after another so you don't get lost in the timeline. It's all yeah. on BBC iPlayer. Ozark. It's Not on seen that. Again, heard good things. Netflix. Amazing programme. Absolutely amazing. And my brother's a big film fan and we tend to watch the same sort of programs and he hated the end of Ozark I thought it was absolute genius it was a full arc like Breaking Bad it was incredible didn't end the way you thought it was going to end it was just incredible and um, Better Call Saul that was the ending of that it's great series very quirky and the way it ended was sort of right but a bit like at the same time. Right. Okay. <laughs> there were no fireworks at the Ozark had fireworks. Better Call Saul just sort of went, oh, okay. Like that. Um So uh, yeah, I'm watching that at the moment. I think I'm on I've just watched series three. I'm on series four, I think. Um right. and I was a big fan of Breaking Bad. I went and rewatched yeah. it again and then so watched, did I. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Better yeah. Call Saul, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then rewatched um sorry, not rewatched, I watched the film um Gra- oh. Gran Camino. No, not Gran Camino. El, El Camino. El Camino. Was, El Camino, that's it. Yeah. I was, was going to say Gran yeah. Torino, but I knew yeah. it wasn't right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, um, yeah. And so I, I've, I did start watching Better Call Saul uh, when it first came out, and mm. I just didn't get, in, get into it. I, I, I gave it about eight episodes, and I don't know, it just didn't click with me. Mm. And then, um, yeah, this is this is good. Um, it obviously introduces some different characters and, you know, you get to find out how he became 
uh, Saul Goodman, uh, mm. and uh, it's now now you know the name. It mm. kind of you, you you say it and you think, okay, you know where that comes from and everything. That's that you know. Um, mm. So that yeah, it's it's sort of I say plods along. It 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 is good, and it that that's kind of sound, sounds like it's, I'm damning it with faint praise or it making it sound shit. But um, there are some really good episodes in there, and it's good to sort of fill in the blanks and mm. everything. I'm so. so um, but now you've said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bob Bob Odenkirk's biography is very good. I've you, downloaded that. I mean, yeah, I, it's uh, yeah. it's very good. Um, yeah, but Better Call Saul was a bit. So I've got I've got two more programs. One's the best thing I've seen on telly for a long time. I'll leave that to last. But the other one is uh, another comedy show that you'd think that that I would love. That I would go, oh, this is amazing. It's about pirates. <laughs> and it's got floppy things in and Taika Waititi is in it. And uh, our flag means death. It's over. It's on uh, BBC Two at the moment over here. And mm. I've never been so fucking bored in my life watching this comedy programme. Yeah, I mean, this is because normally we we go about stuff. Oh, it's really good when we're recommending stuff. Mm. But, and everybody's tasted different, of course. Yeah. But this is one where you really would think we went into it. Maybe that's the thing because we went into it with expectations so high that we thought oh, this is going to be amazing. It's it's going to be almost in a way what we do in the shadows, but with pirates, mm. and we're expecting a little bit of that. We were expecting to laugh, and we yeah. didn't laugh. No. Which for a comedy show is not very good to begin. It's with. very PC, isn't yeah. it? There's a lot of but like. Apparently, I think it's one of those that's really. It's like the Marmite show yeah. to come out with a cliche that you're either going to really connect with it and really love it and it'll hit those you mm. know, funny bones that you've got. Didn't tickle any funny no. bits for, for us at all. Just It was like, yeah, the story's a bit, mm, mm. I've not laughed yet. Did Smiled. you know it's based on a real pirate? No. I was no. amazed. It is based no. on a real pirate. And Blackbeard as well, Taika Waititi is, uh, yeah, is, was... is Blackbeard. Biggest disappointment, I think, for a yeah. while. Mm. But uh, but my final programme and my my favourite programme is on Apple TV and it's called Severance. I have heard of this. Now Brian I, Cox. Yeah. Uh, yes. Bri Brian Cox, did you say? Yes. No, Brian Cox isn't in it. No. Severance. Severance. Yeah. Oh, what am I getting mixed up with then? You're thinking of, um, oh God, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um oh it's gonna say it's got to sound something similar to that. Yeah, it is like severance. Oh, it's uh, just gone. Succession. That's it. Bollocks. No. Yeah, succession. Yeah, which I've seen a few like I've seen a couple of episodes of succession and it's very good. I haven't watched the whole three because it's okay. three series you, of that. Can you cut that out, Dave? Because it made me look like a twat. <laughs> on. Sorry. We'll have that as a trailer for the show. How about that? <laughs> so severance is uh it's, I've never seen anything like it. I don't know how to explain it, really. The first episode, I watched it because we had a free, like, three months of Apple TV because I got a Mac. And I watched it and I thought, I don't think I like this, but I'll give it another go. And episode two, and I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch episode three, but I watched episode three. I've become completely obsessed with it. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's um, a biotechnology corporation 
uses a mind wipe. So what happens is you have a life at home and you get up in the morning and you have a shower and go for a poo and have your breakfast and go to work. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. Have a poo, then have a shower. Thank you. So you can squirt your bum. <laughs> like Dave right. does. You don't, yeah. you don't have a poo sorry. after a shower. Well, some people have a poo oh, in the shower. In the shower. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But as soon as you get in the lift for work, you can't remember anything about your real life at home. So you're two people. You're one person at work and all you know is work and the people that you work with. And then when you finish work, you get in the lift and you're the home person again. It sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds hmm. really weird. Uh, Patricia Arquette's in it and Adam Scott, who's normally in comedy stuff, isn't he? Hmm. Um, it's just, I again, you know, it's... I can't explain it to you, except that out of all the programmes, and God knows I watch a lot, it's just my favourite. And I think um, I've never spoken to anybody else who's watched it. So I don't know if this is just me that's a bit obsessed with it. <laughs> you think it's, it's on Apple TV? It's that, Apple um, TV, yeah. That, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people have got subscriptions to apple tv or whatever i think we only had had it briefly because of ted lasso but um i don't know it's i, I don't hear many people talk about apple tv do you mm. know what i mean it's not so. i don't think We've apple had. tv is that great though is no, it no it's i mean it is if you're into tv it's mostly a lot of tv stuff but we've had it for a good few months and it's because we've had so many free offers mm. when the one that we've currently got finishes we're, it's we, finished. Well, we can flick over. There's on Xbox at the moment. I've got one of the perks there. You can have three months for free. So it'll be, oh, we've got another three months again now. So we've had, I would say, with no exaggeration, I bet we've had at least eight months for free. Mm. Mm. Yeah, easily. And we'll be getting it in the beginning of March because Ted Lasso's a Series 3 starts. Mm. Yes. But I would actually, if Severance came back, I would pay for Apple TV to watch it. Okay. It's that good. It's really good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So highly recommended from me. And that's uh, and that's my list of TV. That's, that's the TV. Have you have you got any other TV, I've, mate? I've got two more. <coughs> Go for them. Go for them. I'll do one very quickly. But um wasn't expecting to like this, but ended up really enjoying it and binged it and watched it with the kids. Probably shouldn't with a six and a ten-year-old. But anyway, uh, it's uh, on Netflix uh, Wednesday. Have you watched this, Tina? I know we had a bit of a brief conversation about it. No, I haven't. and I But I will. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Obviously, it's based on the Adams family, Wednesday Adams. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, you know, Wednesday Adams goes to... Uh, to college or university or whatever um or school for unusual gifted people that kind of thing and it's it's very good very uh, funny a little bit scary but nothing you mm. know kind of over the top like i said i wouldn't have let the kids watch it if it was mm. there's there's a few little bits in it but my just probably does explain why sophie had nightmares for a little bit <laughs> afterwards but uh, no it's um but it's good it's it it is um you know, it's kind of like a what would you call it? One more episode, a bit of a page turner for uh, for TV, if you if you know what I mean. It's very well made. Tim Burton directed a few of the episodes as well, so it's obviously very gothic, as I'm sure you'd imagine. And uh, it's good. You know, all the actors and the performers in it. Um, Thing is again one of those 
that steals the show, um, the hand for people who mm. obviously don't know. Uh, it's got, um, talking about Wales and, and everything Welsh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones uh, oh. is in it. Oh, is she Morticia? Uh, she's Morticia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you've got Christina Ricci uh, returning as a different character. But I suppose there's that link and connection with the two films. Um, and then, um, yeah, it's it, Jenny, uh, sorry, Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday, is very good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I suppose it's a bit teen. It's a bit teeny because obviously they're teenagers, you know, uh, but it's it's got that kind of dark humour that runs through it. And, and it is. Uh, it's got some some very cool moments in it, and um, it there will be a second series, uh, I would imagine, because of the way that it ends. But it's good; it's really good. I think there's about eight episodes in total. I'll tell you exactly. Actually, there's no, there's nine episodes. Well, it must um, be good because my sister is the biggest goth in Britain, <laughs> isn't she, Dave? Mm. She really is, and she's a massive Ad- Adams Family fan. Really, like you know, hardcore. And when she heard that they were making this series, she wasn't going to watch it and she thought it was shit and it was going to be terrible and how dare they shit on the memory of the Adams family and she absolutely loves it. Mm, It's very good. Yeah. Very very enjoyable. But I would say the thing that I'm enjoying the most for, and you just said there about you paid money to Mm. watch it, is... um, because we we've got Virgin TV, but we don't have Sky. There's a few Sky channels, but we don't have. Um, I think it's called Sky Atlantic, and this is on Sky Atlantic at the moment. It's a HBO TV show, uh, and it's The Last of Us. I don't know if um, either of you have heard of it, or if you're interested in watching it at all. Well, I have um, acquired it mm. and have all of the episodes ready watch all of all the ones that are available and yeah. now that we have finished tulsa king the last of us is next mm. i played yeah. the, i completed the game the first one yeah yeah and uh because it's naughty dog isn't it yes yeah and i've had not a problem with naughty dog it's something about naughty dog games with the uncharted games and the last of us and all of those the narrative of them I find gripping, but that's the only reason I complete the games because I always find the actual gameplay. Mm. There's that certain, I don't know, X factor that's missing for me. And I usually end up getting annoyed with the actual game, but I keep playing it because the narrative keeps me going. And and The Last of Us, I mean, people have played it and I'm presuming I know the beginning someone. of the game, uh, at the beginning of this series is the same as the beginning of the game. And I remember playing it and just being shocked. It was like, what the hell? So if it's if it keeps that grittiness and doesn't shy away from some of the things that happen, yeah, I think it, I'm interested in watching it. Yeah. What were you going to say, Tina? No, I, I know someone who really liked the story but hated the gameplay and abandoned the game halfway through. Um, and he he doesn't like the series and the reason he doesn't like it is because there, there's an episode where there's a gay couple, mm. and apparently they they're all lovey dovey, and then, but a, I think he said that one of them hates the other in the game. One of them hates the other and hangs himself, but in the TV show they're in love and one of them dies. Um, but I haven't so, seen it yet, so okay, all right, and it so, pissed him off because greatly. because it was different to the game, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. See, I wouldn't so expect that's... it to follow the game 
beat by beat by beats. Yeah. So I'll get to that in a minute. But so this is based off, like you said, on the PlayStation game, uh, The Last of Us, which, you know, is I mean, I've completed that game three times now, not necessarily because I love it and it's my favorite game of all time, but because it's been released on three separate platforms. Yeah, so yeah. it came out on the PlayStation 3 and I've finished it on that. Then they did a remastered version on the PlayStation 4. Then they've just released another remastered version on the PlayStation 5. So I've played it through three times, you know, just to experience the the shiny new graphics and everything else, I suppose, <laughs> and, and whatever. And it, and it is a incredible i say incredible game the story is um is what kind of like you said pushes you through it it's it's a very adult grown-up story and video games sometimes don't when they try to to do something that's grown up and adult um can end up being a bit um half-assed and it can still end up being you know a bit immature because it still has to be a video game as well as a story so um but now I get what you mean about the gameplay sometimes with the Uncharted games. You know, they all kind of play similarly, don't they? Mm. You know, third-person adventures and whatever. This, this one, I'm not going to go into the game because, um, yeah. But anyway, it's interesting what you said, though, about people who haven't seen it and um, people who have seen it and whether or not they have, they like it or not because of the actual game. And, and, and again, with, say, for example, for your point of view, Tina, because you haven't played the game, um what you will think of the actual quality of the show. So from my point of view, um, the first episode, yes, it does follow the TV, uh, sorry, the, the video game very closely. And that was almost like I came away from it because I'd recently played the video game. I came away from the TV show, the first episode anyway, think feeling like uh, it's just going to go through the motions of the video game and I'm I'm going to be a bit bored because if it does do that, as good as Pedro Pascal is, and I love him, he's he's mm. very good. And and um, Bella Ramsey, who plays Ellie, is superb. I've only ever seen her in um, Game of Thrones. Very She was in that briefly, but she's been in other things as well. But she is very good, So he's, as, as is Joel. Um, so, sorry, um, Pedro Pascal, who plays Joel. So I was kind of like left a bit shortchanged after the first episode because I just didn't want it to just do retread the the yeah. video game. But I didn't. It's one of those, isn't it? You've got to balance it so finely that you can't deviate too far away from the original because you're going to piss off the fans of the video game and alienate them. And then you're going to, you know, uh, to, in favor of different different choices, which I'll come on to what you've just said about that particular storyline. But then it picked up a little bit more in the second episode because there was a little bit more context as to what's happened. Because the story is, is that there's, I'll read the IMDb blurb. After a global pandemic destroys civilization, a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14 year old girl who may be humanity's last hope. So that's kind of like the, the you know, the elevator pitch. Um, so the second one did introduce a little bit more context as to the, um, how everything started and a bit more background and, and whatever. Um, the third episode, which I think is the one that you're referring to about um, uh, the, uh, the, the the characters, Bill, and I'm not going to spoil anything for people, but um, for, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Bill and shit. Ted. No, <laughs> not quite. I'll get that in a second. Oh, looks, that's really annoying me. Frank, there you go. Bill and Frank. So in the video game, you meet Bill 
you don't meet Frank and it's inferred that they have, they were in a relationship that, but I never really picked upon that because the thing about the video game and, and it's the same for a lot of video games, story-based ones is that there are things for you to find around the game, you know, like little notes, little books, mm-hmm. little things. And if you don't find them, then you're going to miss out potentially on little story beats and stuff like that. So I sort of looked into this afterwards and apparently there are Reddit, you know, pages and stuff which suggest that, um, yes, Bill and Frank were in a relationship, but the video game doesn't go into that. I'll be honest with you, that episode was the one that made me think this is a fucking great TV show. This is (laughs) really good because it's... It made me cry. I'm not going to lie to you. It was one of those where, um, and again, I don't. You've kind of already let the cat out the bag a little bit, Tina. But I don't want to say anymore. But it does. It does um, uh, explore that relationship. And I don't know if maybe if people are a bit uncomfortable with that or uh, or weren't expecting it. Then, but from my point of view, it's it was a beautiful love story that was really well told, and it was. fantastic episode four are we on to that one now i think um uh, it was um so it's kind of it's elevated again and the latest episode i think which is series episode five um again it just it, it, it does follow the game it kind of like it'll take little detours but then it'll come back on track with where the game is mm-hmm. um and so for that, I think they've pitched it right for my, for, for me as a fan of the game and as, as I suppose somebody that wants to enjoy the TV show and then, but also have a little bit more. I suppose the example that I probably thought of was Watchmen, mm. uh, the Zack Schneider um, film, which, and I remember what listening to uh, Mark Kermode's review of it, and he, I think he said that, because that follows the graphic novel almost like page for page, you know, mm-hmm. and I love the graphic novel. Um, but he said it's it's not enough to just copy something. It's not enough to, to sort of like, you know, yes, you've transferred it from a comic to the screen, but there's got to be something else as well. Uh, then, and I, so, and I kind of agreed with him because I, you know, I, I haven't watched Watchmen for a while. I'm able to go into the cinema to watch it. And I think well, I've, I've got the region one Blu-ray that came out, which is kind of like the, the black freighter cut, which, you know, mm. intr- introduces the whole kind of, uh, we've got that com- comic within the comic. <laughs> yeah, we've got that one, <laughs> which i have not, I must admit, I don't think I've watched it because it's probably getting on for four hours long or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's, yeah, in terms of the show, really, really enjoying it. If you've played the game, you kind of know what's coming, you know, because it doesn't deviate too far away from that central core story. But I think if, so like I said, it'd be interesting from your point of view, Tina, Mm. what you think of it. Yeah, I haven't played The Last of Us. I've seen, I've watched Dave play it, but I haven't played it. So, you know, and I don't remember it, except Dave going, ah, those fucking clickers. Is it, oh, in, yeah. is it in the restaurant with those fucking clickers? Jeez. Yeah. So it's uh, it's very good. Really enjoying it. So it'd be interesting to hear in yeah. a couple of months' time what you think. But yeah, mm. I'm I'm one. I've actually decided because uh, it's on now TV. Um, I'll I'll pay ten pound um, a month or whatever it is just to watch that because and then cancel it. Uh, because I I, I want to watch it. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean like video games and movies and tv 
don't mix very well generally. But there's been uh, a couple of decent things. Uh, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I thought the actual Mortal Kombat film was quite good. Yeah, I'm I like sure that. there was something else. Um, you know, uh, yeah, the, it was the, good. I remember yeah, that. It yeah, it was good. good. That was it all was right. I, I quite enjoyed the original. Well, yeah. back the '90s movie because it was daft. But, yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, this is very high quality, very well made, very sort of well acted and produced, and you know the, the whole relationship between Joel and Ellie starting to come up, uh, along now. But um, yeah, that episode in particular, I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was superbly done, and like I said. You know, it's not often I, I cry at TV shows or movies these days. I, I must admit, I don't know why. But I suppose you have to watch something that gets you, don't you? But I mean, this really got to me. It was, uh, it was great. Pedro really Pascal's doing so well for himself, isn't he? Yeah, he's, since the Mandalorian, yeah, and, and he's yeah. just knocking it out of the park, isn't he? That starts beginning of March on Disney, doesn't it? The mm-hmm. next Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't watched book of boba fett i've just heard no we haven't either bad things about it and then no we I've... did oh yeah we did oh yeah, yeah. no because what's the other one the really endor that, one that, we haven't that watched boba fett is in essence it's mandalorian series 2.5 right because it begins a lot about boba fett but the second half of the series it's, it's just mandalorian, the mandalorian so, yeah. yeah it is worth okay. watching if you're a big mandalorian fan Cool. We mm. love that. As uh, we again, we watched that with the kids. I think we watched it twice, in fact, um, because they, obviously the kids and Kate loved it for, you know, um, Baby Yoda or whatever it. Gro- oh God, Groku. Who, does, who doesn't love Baby Yoda? Oh, you know, he's just you know adorable, isn't he? Yeah. And then uh, you know, you loved it because it had got some badass um, sequences in it. The whole spot that spider episode, you know, the giant spiders was amazing. Yeah. And then the uh, the one where he's breaking somebody out of a prison i think and then he, he's kind of team turn on him it's just he turns into the predator amazing anyway yeah um before we leave the tv it has been mentioned briefly a couple of times but tulsa king is amazing and people would be expecting me to say that regular listeners that know of my sly fandom uh but you tina you were saying that it was the perfect part for him he's found because it was 76 now be 77 this year um he's found a part that suits his age he doesn't do any outrageous action in it though he does there is some action in it his acting is really good i've always said that sly is underrated as an actor and he's he's so good in this uh mafia guy uh comes out of prison he's done 25 years in prison the reason why he's in there gets revealed as the show goes on obviously you know his daughter that he left behind who was a young girl when he went into prison um the estranged relationship with her so that's sort of there's that's another storyline there's his mafia family that reconnects with him but things go a bit tits up with them he gets moved to tulsa starts a new life there uh yeah because i don't want to give too much away but he tries to build up almost his own mafia family in tulsa and it's one of those programs where it's got really good characters in it that you connect with and the storyline isn't, it's not one of those stories where you watch it episode one and you, and by before the end of episode one, you know how episode nine or 10 is going to finish. There's some good twists and turns in it. It's already been greenlit for season two, which is really, really good. Uh, and the sooner it comes on, the better, because you really enjoyed it. Didn't I you? did, yeah. Yeah. yeah what, well, one thing I liked about it as well, you, you know, when programs like this or even films, action films with big stars in, if they have a love interest, she's always way too young 
and it didn't happen in this, did it? Mm. I mean, there were the Although two there women. Although there is a joke, without, again, without giving too much away, there is yeah, a joke. Yeah, because but he, they're appropriate. Yeah. And it's not icky. Yeah. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It's really good. Mm. And it's only nine episodes yeah. as well. And it's not, it's violent, but you don't really... Yeah, it's See not. It? Yeah, it's not Rambo violence yeah. or anything like yeah. that. It is again appropriate for the age that Sly is now, yeah. and he engages yeah. it. And he is—he's still believable. You know, he, he throws his fists a few times, he fires guns a few times, and it's believable yeah, for his character, yeah. even though. And he makes fun of his own age in it as well. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's it is—it is very, very good. I'm with you, Dave. I think Stallone's uh, definitely a good actor. And, um, you know, he's been in some, some of his performances, like, I mean, Rocky and things like that. But mm. I think with Stallone, though, he became a bit of a parody of himself almost, yeah. didn't he? I think that's the thing. And, you know, um, but, and then he's, he's this, the, the good work that he's done, it just kind of goes under the radar a little mm-hmm. bit because of that. But no, it's the thing is, it's, this, it's another streaming service, isn't it? It's mad, isn't it? I mean, uh, if you go back a few years when we started doing this, you know, you hadn't got Netflix no, and then you no. kind of refused to have it. And then yeah. it's like, look how many there are now. It's mad. I oh, know, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? So, I mean, we, I think we did have Paramount Plus briefly for something. Oh, shit, what was it? But there's, um, it's amazing to think, as I've been listening to an audio book, um, which I'll talk about very briefly shortly, which is about like movies were the, the things that actors wanted to do back in the sort of like 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s. And TV was, wasn't something that they were like the big actors anyway. You know, you were either a movie star or a TV star. And but now, if you look at things like Yellowstone and like with um, Tulsa King, and you, you know, TV is is where it's at, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? Is where the big actors are drawn to, and um, it's uh, yeah, that's kind of the way it's gone, isn't it? So it's totally flipped. Tom Cruise hasn't yet, though. The day that Tom Cruise is in like a Netflix series or something on TV is the day that cinema's dead. <laughs> yeah, I, th- that's the thing, isn't it? I think, mm. like you said, he's kind of single-handedly keeping the uh, yeah. s- s- cinema totally. spectacle going. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Um, I don't know if it's nine or 12 minutes m- little uh, yeah, making of Mission Impossible. Dave's seven. watched it a few seven? times. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I we've said this many times before. I mean, you know, you have to put his own personal life aside, I think, because Tom Cruise is just immense. The stuff he does is incredible. The, the You know, the stunts. Um, I've watched that Graham Norton clip a few times where he's on and he's talking about where he, he did that jump in uh was it fallout and he mission impossible fallout and he breaks his ankle yeah yeah. he carries on he's (laughs) he's mad it's absolutely yeah i like tom cruise i think he's very good well i think that's the tv done isn't it yeah 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 did you say because i've got one documentary and then some movies before we get onto the double dip but did you say (laughs) you've got you've got audio books or anything else before. Yeah, so looking at my letterboxed um, for movies and stuff like that, there's nothing really to sort of share. There's a lot of rewatches, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, there's there's things that, uh, yeah, there's a couple of movies in there that I've not seen before. But since we last recorded, there's a lot of rewatches of stuff. We've done a lot of rewatching, to be honest. Mm. We watched all the uh, Mission Impossible films. Yeah, we went through all of those. Funny enough, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Halfway so, through Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek, Harry Potter. We've Harry still got Potter. a few left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going through the Bourne movies at the moment. So, um, I, 
and then but yeah it's it's just like you said it's just uh, a lot of rewatches so to mm. be honest with you i probably haven't got any movie recommendations oh, that's or right. things I, i've got quite so a few skip <laughs> got dave's quite got a few. 20 <laughs> no i've not got that many i've got a few i've not got too many what, what audiobook then mate before we get into the documentary what's your audiobook all right so just do a very quick roundup of the ones I've, I, I have like i said downloaded bob odenkirk's um what is it called comedy 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 drama, drama. or something like yeah. that yeah. yeah so i've got that to listen to but i want to listen to oh, i want to finish watching better call saul before i move on to that because i'd imagine he's going to talk about that in his book um but uh yeah so i listened to i can't make this up life lessons which is by kevin hart um i Kevin Hart, I kind of take or leave, to be honest with you. I've never really been a big fan of his. I've never really watched any of his stand-up. And then he's he's one of those kind of characters that I think I first saw him or listened to him in The Secret Life of Pets, and he just annoyed me. He just seemed to – he's a bit like Will Ferrell. You know, when Will Ferrell does stuff sometimes, he just seems to shout. That's sort of the way he gets his comedy across. But <laughs> So anyway, listening to this um, – it's very good. It's about his life. It's about, and this is the thing, what people, if I try and dr- drill into my kids, you know, like Lucy, because she wants to be a YouTuber or some stuff like that, is that, you know, you don't realise how hard people work. You only see the end product sometimes. Like So with him, you know, how hard his life was growing up and then, um, you know, how mad his family were and the amount of work and time and effort he's put into his um, stand-up routine and everything else and it, you know 16 years of hard work just kind of going from club to club and developing his his uh, act and everything else um but so people just see the you know the make star now don't they um so and not a perfect person had lots of relationship issues and various other things which he talks about but the the, the book is really funny it's kind of a book of two halves the first what half is kind of him talking about his life growing up and then getting into stand-up uh, and it's very funny, very off the cuff. It doesn't feel as if he's actually reading the book. He just feels like he, you're listening to one of his shows. And then the second half is when he starts to get into it. And that's a bit more sort of, you know, by the numbers. And he's talking about um, that. And then it kind of comes back to where it started with a bit more off the cuff seeming kind of humour. That's good. I'd recommend that. Um, and then uh, I can't remember if I talked about it last time, but I finished listening to um, Waxing On, The Karate Kid and Me by Ralph Macchio. I honestly can't remember if I um, if I told you about that, but that's good. Yeah, uh, it's about five hours long, and it's all about again. It's it's about him talking about how he got into the Karate Kid, how he got the part, um, uh, John G. Avildsen, and going back to the sort of you know Stallone Rocky connection, and um, yeah, so that's good. Uh, it talks about Cobra Kai, so it's fairly up to date. You know how mm-hmm. how. Uh, he got into that uh, but the one that I was going to talk to you about talking about movies I think this is a good one if you're a movie and these are all audible, by the way so um, I think if you've got you d- I didn't buy this one I think if you've got an audible subscription you get access to certain yeah. things this is one that took my interest and it's called you're only as good as your next one a um, hundred uh, great film sorry hundred yeah hundred great films hundred good films and hundred for which i should be shot that's the title of the book um so kind of grabs you i guess with that anyway but if you've heard i don't know if you've ever heard of mike medavoy if he's possibly one one of the people you you know you hear about certain producers like joel silver and uh you know other uh producers and various other bits and pieces but he's one i'd never heard of 
So, but if I'd say to you though that he uh, was the co-founder of, of Orion Pictures, which uh, you'd have okay. no yeah, doubt yeah. heard of, uh, former chairman of TriStar Pictures, uh, former head of production for United Artists um, in the seventies. So he talks a lot about um, the work that he was involved with uh, in terms of so going back to United Artists, um, he was part of the team responsible for making one flew over the cuckoo's nest rocky annie hall um apocalypse uh, apocalypse now uh raging bull uh network coming home to to name a few so there's stories in there about obviously uh working with sylvester stallone for the first time you know how he kind of did that jack nicholson so there's there's all of that then into the uh, the, the time when he started up Orion Pictures, which I always remember things like RoboCop, you know, and, yeah, the, you yeah. know, the, the the logo that would come on the screen. But, you know, they made films which, you know, you wouldn't, I, I must admit, I've totally forgotten about, like uh, Platoon, Amadeus, um, Hannah and her sisters, The Terminator, um, Dances with Wolves, The Silence of the Lambs. I actually went back and watched The Silence of the Lambs again because I hadn't seen it in years, but because of listening to this book, mm-hmm. you think it's talking about, it's like you said about um, certain, like, uh compilation movies that you know you watch them and you think oh shit i really want to watch that now uh you watch little clips of them and stuff but um so you know went back and rewatched the silence of the lambs and and so he doesn't just talk about the successes though he talks about some of the failures and then on to tristar pictures where you know he's talking about working with tom hanks philadelphia terminator 2 uh cliffhanger so i went back and rewatched cliffhanger do you know what i mean because <laughs> you, you're sort of like you're listening to him talking about uh, you know, making that movie and everything else. Uh, Hook, uh, you know, the, the all of the things that he went through to, to try and get Hook made and, you know, the, the amount it cost and the um, working with John Peters and Peter Goober uh, or Gruber. I'm not sure it's Goober or Gruber. Anyway, um, and so, and he's got his own production company now, which, uh, you know, I suppose they're not up to date films, but interesting nonetheless, you know, where he talks about um, the people that versus Larry Flint, mm-hmm. uh, getting things like that made. And um, Shutter Island was another one that he he's he produced. But it's really if you're if you're interested in movies, it's it's not um, I think it's 2003. So it's like I said, it's not really up to date as such. Um but oh yeah, that was another one. The Sixth Day with Stallone. That was kind of like you know he talks about working with Stallone. Uh, Stallone, sorry, Schwarzenegger. Um, and uh, you know I I totally forgotten about the Sixth Day. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've only yeah. ever seen it once. Um, but yeah, making the Thin Red Line, you know, and and films like that. So if you if you're interested in films, it's a really good listen because it it's, goes through the seventies, eighties, and nineties of those like I always remember like. Um, Orion and TriStar and, you know, United Artists and what it was and then what it kind of became. Because I think United Artists was mainly known for like making the Bond movies. Um, but, you know, and then when he left those, I mean, to name some of those films that I've mentioned, like Oscar winning films, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, you know, Annie Hall, whatever. Then they, they, that sort of like all kind of came to an end a little bit. They didn't have the, the same success. Very interesting, very good, very entertaining. Um, doesn't really pull any punches about, you know, some of the shite films that he's <laughs> been involved with. <laughs> Hudson Hawk. Uh, I haven't seen Hudson Hawk for a very long yeah. time, but, you know. Um, but if you flop. like that, you'd love the book that Don Simpson wrote. 
Don I, Simpson, that was what I was trying I to think of. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but it's he wrote it before he died. And it's incredible. But but Is I it... recently listened to an audio book and um, I should have bought the book as well, which is quite a surprise, really, because he doesn't pull any punches at all. It's hilarious and poignant, but he just he doesn't cover anything up. He just talks shit about everybody. And it's Brian Cox's autobiography. And it's oh, called, going back to Brian Cox. Yeah, pull the yeah. rabbit out of the hat. I think it's called. Okay, um, it's it's absolutely brilliant. My favourite autobiography, John Cleese. Him reading it out, never laughed so much in my life. Mm -hmm. John Cleese's autobiography, Brian yeah. Cox's though. Um, it skips back and to uh, from him being a little boy to him being in. Um, uh, succession to him being in Hannibal, not Hannibal, um, Mindhunter, Manhunter, Manhunter, Manhunter. Yeah. It's really brilliant, and he, he just the way he talks about Steven Seagal. I li I listen to audiobooks in bed, and I was laughing <laughs> last night. I was listening to it, laughing about him just going on about what fat bastard Steven Seagal. <laughs> It's really great. A great book. I'll have to check that out. And I've just yeah, put it in the chat. I don't, I don't know if you can see. Because hmm. I typed in uh, Don Simpson. He's a massive cokehead, wasn't he? Yeah. And, um, but um, don't you think he looks like Christian Bale in that picture? Yes, he does That's look like. Because <laughs> he had work done to him, I think, didn't he? And uh, yeah. But, wow. Holy shit. Look at the. He looks just like him. Anyway, sorry, I digress. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a good one. That does sound a good one, mate. Right, uh, right up my street. All about movies like that. Well, what got me was that I'd never heard of this person before. Like you said, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson, you know, Joel Silver, you know, these kind of producers. You know about them, don't you? But you know, if you think about this guy, he was involved with bringing to life some of the most amazing movies that have been on the cinema screen. And well, um, I've got a series for you then that uh, that I could recommend to you if you like that book um i think it's on paramount plus and it's called the offer and it's about how they made the godfather it's not a documentary it's a series it's really great um mm. i can't remember the name of the producer it's miles teller is the main character in it but um yeah that's highly recommended really enjoyed it cool yeah you caught me mid-vimto there. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was just putting my glass down. <laughs> That's why there was that little bit of silence. Um, I've got one documentary I'll mention quickly. And uh, it's recently went on Netflix called Pamela, A Love Story about Pamela Anderson. Oh, and I saw you logged this. Yeah, yeah. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. It was really enjoyable. It was very heartfelt, uh, shocking at times. I mean, of course, everybody go and they go, Oh, it's Pamela Baywatch and the Tommy Lee sex tape would probably be the first two things that come to mind when they think of Pamela Anderson. Uh, but she comes out of this really well, uh, you know, the end credits roll. And I think I put it in my letterbox review, something along the lines of that. I hope she gets a really meaty movie part now mm. and, you know, breaks her out into the into big movie stardom because uh, mm. she is such a nice person in this and the stuff that she went through, the shit that she had to put up with, with that sex tape is outrageous, really is outrageous. And when you think what has happened since, 
with sex tapes and the way that people have used them to get famous mm. and, you know, and actively gone, oh, yeah, here's the sex tape, and then you're a celeb, whereas she didn't want this whatsoever. The main thing about it that got me, and it's incredible, and I think this is, you can relate it to everybody's life, is how the smallest little thing can really alter the way that your life pans out, no matter what age you are. And her life could be completely different and she could well be unknown if she had chosen to wear a different T-shirt one day. That's all I'm going to say because you discover this through Mm. this documentary. And it's incredible that that one thing, she was there at home that day and she decided to put on this T-shirt and that completely altered her life. She could have put on something different and she could be working in, I don't know, a 7-Eleven or anything. Mm. It is absolutely crazy, but she's... You're watching it and you're thinking, oh, we should live next door to Pamela Anderson because she's really cool. And she likes animals as well, which is always a plus. So, mm. yeah, it, it it far exceeded my expectations. She's quite rare as women go, Pamela Anderson. And yeah, also as well, this needs mentioning um, that she decided, because she does a lot of stuff to camera, um, she didn't wear any makeup. She wanted just to see her as she is, not made up or anything. Uh, and the fact that she kept so many diaries over the years, anything she worked on, wherever she was, wherever in the world, she would write it down and they go through some of the stuff. And these have been packed away for years and loads of stuff had been videoed. And she hasn't seen these videos or read the diaries since they were filmed or she did the written word. So she's discovering bits of her life that she'd forgotten about as well with you, the viewer, as you're watching it. And it's just the, the emotions that she shows are so genuine and you sort of go along with her and you're happy with her and then you you feel sad with her and you feel angry with her and it just takes you on this emotional roller coaster as you're watching through her life and the way that it ends because you're really rooting for her and there's something she gets involved with this project that that we didn't know about i mean we're in wales and she gets involved in this project um I'm not going to mention because again you want to discover it with the documentary and it's one of those yay moments that she does it and it's really good hence why yeah I I want some movie producers to give us some really good roles some serious roles not you know not just some fluff roles serious roles and get her back in the movies again would be good but highly recommended documentary Mm. there's Mm. that TV show um, uh, Pam and Tommy I don't know if you watched that no no No, they do mention it. During this, they do talk about it. It comes on as they're filming this documentary. Right. And they talk about it. But, yeah, she's been kicked down so many times, so I think she uh, deserves um, lifting up and being a bit more more widely known to people for, instead of Bay watching the sex tape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. I've never seen the sex tape. I've never, never seen, seen a sex tape. No, never seen it. Uh, yeah, no. And she and she is a rare, a rare woman actually, because she's a glamour model, isn't she? And she's really be. I mean, she was incredible looking when she was young, and she's still beautiful now. But she's one of those women that has had a really interesting past. But women really like her. Like I really like Pamela Anderson and have a lot of time for her. And would watch. It. I I don't look at her and think, oh, blonde bimbo. Mm. brainless i always think oh yeah i like pamela anderson mm. yeah hmm. um right i'm gonna fly through some movies now 
because I've got some that I highly recommend for everybody. Uh, I'm going to start with one. I mean, some, I'm presuming you've heard of this one, Chris, if you haven't watched it. Um, the the, um, the Banshees of Inish Erin with uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Oh, I've seen that one advertised, actually. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I would like to because I enjoyed In Bruges. And yeah. uh, I like Brendan Gleeson. I think yeah. he's a great, great actor. Yeah. If, if you enjoyed In Bruges, you'll love this. Same if, director. Yeah, same director. Um, even if you didn't, you'll enjoy that. You'll cry, mate. I'm calling you'll cry in this one. I'm saying this one, this one, this one will get you. Yeah. This, I'm not saying when or how or why, but it will. Uh, so it's set in the early 1920s. This little island off, well, it's in the Sharon, off island. And it's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. There's two old friends. I mean, the island doesn't have a huge population anyway. And their thing, the pub is the centre of society there. And they often meet and have a chat and share a few pints of Guinness. And then you pick it up right near the start that Brendan Gleeson has decided he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell's character anymore. And Colin Farrell's just beside himself. He wants to know why why don't you want to be my friend anymore? You know, you've never mentioned anything. And he doesn't disclose why he doesn't want to be his friend. He has to, like, really pull it out of him. And then it's it's Colin Farrell trying to get that friendship back all mm. the way through, and it's Brendan Gleeson constantly pushing him away and saying no uh, until he takes extreme measures to not be his friend, mm. uh, which there's a few things happening that. One <clears throat> is the bit that will get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just get some tissues ready, mate. Um, mm. And there's some shocking bits as well, you know, things that Brendan Gleeson, he he sort of, he, he hangs over like a sword over, you know, Colin Farrell's character's head that, okay, look, if you keep asking to be my friend, I'm going to do this. And he think, no, you won't do that. And he does it. <laughs> and you're going, <laughs> shit, the bed, he's actually done that. And you, oh, my God. It's, it's a really simple film. It's, it's a, a simple, very simple very story. Very simple. You know, yeah. the I mean, the locations are beautiful. The acting is sublime in it, and it will take you through every emotion that you've got. And it's one of those, it just envelops you. You're drawn into that world and, and into the characters with them. Isn't it up for best Oscar I as think well? it is one of is those Barry as well. Is Barry Keogh up for, like, best supporting actor as well. Yeah, he's, I think he is. So, so Barry Keown's a he's an amazing actor. He's only like probably about 30. Really odd looking, but really powerful. Always plays these very quirky roles, doesn't he? Like he's mm -hmm. in The Killing of a Sacred Deer as well. Is he in Dunkirk? No, yes. Yeah, he is in Dunkirk, boat. isn't he? Boat, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great film. It is. Yeah. And it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Highly recommended. Mm. Uh, also recommended is Men, uh, written and directed by Alex Garland. And, uh, well, the IMDb blurb. I'm looking forward to you explaining this. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to the IMDb blurb to begin with. A young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. So this, you see flashbacks with her, with her ex-husband and their relationship is very strained. Um, and he's, you know, he he says that he's going to commit suicide because she's going to leave him because he's abusive to her. But uh, he says, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. And she goes, oh, right, I'm going to leave you. Anyway, she goes to this uh, cottage, isolated cottage in the countryside, very small little village close to it where she has to walk to. And the village is full 
All all the male characters in it are played by Rory Kinnear, who's really mm. good. We do like him. And a lot of people have complained about this, that it's too on the nose, that it's saying all men are the same, all men are bastards. <laughs> and that's that's the narrative of it. You know, you're reading, and it's too on the nose with that. Um, it's, it's so fucked up. I, I, again, <laughs> I don't want to... That could be the the box quote. It's so fucked up because it's like, it's like David Lynch and Robert Eggers it's, well, yeah. got together. I mean, there's, a scene, there's a scene in a pub. So it's Jessica Buckley who plays the, the character of Harper who goes to the cottage, and she goes into this pub. And so there's the barman, there's a policeman comes in, there's the local at the bar, there's somebody else, and they're all played by Rory Kinnear. And even that alone, I found quite disturbing just yeah. to see. and because he's such a good actor and he plays the characters so different but it just had that vibe to see that everybody looks a little bit the same it was makes you feel very uncomfortable it does. doesn't it and then she sees she sees like this naked man following her and you're thinking what the hell's going on and then things get even more bizarre <laughs> with that the last I'd say the last 15 minutes or so, I mean, we were looking at each other and going, what the fuck is going to happen next? Because there's all sorts of weird shit that goes on and you would not a clue what was going to happen. And it gets, a, it veers into almost horror, horror society, body, <laughs> Cronenberg body horror. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a little bit disturbing, really. It leaves you could make with a... Kay watch this, Chris. Oh, mate, it's no. <laughs> make her watch it, and and she would think that you'd spiked her with acid. Yeah, it's one of them, and it gets to the end, and then you, it finishes, and you go, "It was so weird. It was really good." Yeah, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, okay. it's one of those. Yeah, I really like. I can see why people wouldn't like it. But I, I, re- I mean, you loved it as well, didn't you, Tina? Yeah, I, did. I think yeah. it was a really good film. That's Men. Two films that go together, uh, both of them written and directed by Ty West, who I've got to say, never really been a big fan of. Um, oh, God, no, The Innkeepers is oh, shit. I found, I found that terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the first film that came out was called X, and the second film that came out was Pearl. Now, they have the character of Pearl is in both of them. And um, played by Mia Goth, who is brilliant, especially in Pearl. So, and who's she married to? Oh, I, she's married to because you've told me so many times. And Sheila LaBeouf. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so X X came out first. So that shows Pearl as an old woman. I think it is it the nineteen seventies, isn't it? Mm. Is it nineteen seventies? And she's there with her husband, and they're you know they're like seventies or eighties by now, aren't they? And um, a, a film crew come to their farm buildings to to film a porno, and they go in there, and there's Pearl and her husband. So that's then. Then after X, Pearl came out, which tells the story of Pearl as a young woman. Now, we watched them in a different order. We watched them chronologically for the life of Pearl. So we watched Pearl first. I hope this is making sense. We watched Pearl first when she's a young woman, then went to X. Now, we really enjoyed both of them, but we both enjoyed Pearl quite a bit mm. more. Yeah. Now, it doesn't really make any difference what order you watch them in. You can watch X first, because that was the first one to be released, and then watch Pearl. But I would, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, Tina, I would 
if I had to recommend, I would say watch Pearl yeah. first yeah. and then watch X. Either way, you're going to get things, you know, if you watch her as a young woman, you're going to see things that happen in the later film and you go, oh, that connects back to the later yeah. one. Or if you do it the other way and you watch the later stuff first, then when you watch the earlier stuff, you'll go, oh, so that's why that carries forward. In, well, me Goth the... helped write Pearl, didn't she? But she didn't with X. Mm. Yeah. I think Pearl is the far superior yeah. one. And also, so in X, Mia Goth also plays uh, another character, one of the women in the porno films called Maxine. Uh, and there's going to be a third film called Maxine, which I'm really interested in. Uh, but yeah, if you're going to watch Pearl first, if anybody listening has seen both of them and disagrees, send us an email. Um, well, about anything that we've talked about, of course. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And if there's anybody listening that's a fan of trauma films, which hopefully you are, you have got to watch Mad Heidi. It is outrageous. Uh, it's this Swiss mountain girl called Heidi. and Is she mad by any chance? She's mad. But how did you guess that, mate? How did you guess that, that Mad Heidi was mad? It is. <laughs> if you like cheese, this is the film for you. <laughs> This is the most <laughs> cheese-based film I have ever seen in my life. Real cheese. Real cheese. I'm on about, yeah. And it's, well, it is a cheese, it works in both <laughs> ways. It is a cheesy movie in the fact that it's cheesy. Mm. And there's a lot of cheese in it as well. And it's really gory. It is, it is really reminded me of a trauma movie. Yeah. Because it is so silly and stupid. And you'll love it, mate, because it's got Casper Van Dien in it, who just chews up the scenery as the president of of this um of this swiss mountain little town oh it's so silly if again if you like trauma movies mm. you will lap up mad heidi if you don't like trauma movies don't watch it that's mm. what i'll say about that but it's yeah it's just stupid and gory and cheesy in every <laughs> every way that you can say something's cheesy mm. Mm. I just for context, because I've put a picture in the chat and you're probably thinking, what the hell's that about? Going back to men. Yeah. So is that a video by uh, the <laughs> Apex twins yeah. uh, called Window Liquor? Yes, which uh, yeah. I remember watching back in the day thinking this is fucking mental yeah. um, because it's it's the, the guy and it's like him. And then it's like on all of these kind of bikini clad women and it's his face. And it's really bizarre and it's just, it messes with your head. So I have seen the trailer for men and um, yeah, it's, it, it is, it looks bizarre. It is, it is bizarre, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but really good. Yeah. Um, let's move on to um, your, your friend and Tina's very good friend. She wishes um, Mads Mickelson. <laughs> I know you like Ooh. a little bit of Mads, Ooh. don't you mate? Ooh, yes. Well, here's, yes. One, here's one for you that you've probably not seen. It's called the green butchers from 2003. And it's about two Danish guys, Mads being one of them, of course, uh, both butchers, uh, working the butchers, their employer is a bit of a dick and they, they say, all right, fuck him. They open their own butcher's shop, but there's an accident because they're fixing up. The, the building that they buy is a bit dilapidated and they've got to get it fixed up. So they get an electrician in to fix the electricity, but he accidentally gets locked in the freezer overnight and they come back into the butchers and they find him dead. And they sell bits of him. And the the people of the community quite like the taste of human flesh, not knowing it's human flesh. They mm. think they're eating this new kind of marinated chicken. Uh, 
but now because the the business is doing really well, Mads thinks we've we've got to keep selling humans. So he mm. gets he starts killing people, <laughs> and his partner doesn't want to do it. He wants out of there. Um, his partner's also got um, a special needs brother, and there's the backstory of everything that goes on with that as well. I've got to say, Mads Mickelson's forehead in this <laughs> is spectacular. Uh, there's, if you see, if you Google Mads Mickelson, the Green Butchers, <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and it's so simple. And again, I think I put this in, my, in the letterbox little review that I did, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen is a sausage gently laying against Mads Mickelson's massive forehead. It's one of those, it's so big, it's a five head. It's one of those kind of things. It's amazing. And it's it's really, as you can imagine, to do with cannibalism. It's very dark humour, uh, but really good. And, we'd, you know, again, it's another one we've never seen before. Mm. So, And I know you like Mads, mate, and it is, it's because he's brilliant in it. Yeah, oh, my is. God. Yeah. Just a picture of his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's his favourite film that he's been in as it well. Is, That's yeah. what made us watch we it. We watched because we cover events from um, Monopoly events. And they've got uh, they've got a really good YouTube channel if people want to subscribe to that because they show all the Q&As that they do from all... Uh, you know, because they do for the love of horror and they do for the love of sci-fi. They do all sorts of different ones. So they show the Q&As that they do. So we sat and watched a few weeks ago the Q&A that they'd put up on there with Mads because it was Mads. And he said, oh, and he, somebody asked him one of the questions out of the audience was, uh, what's the favourite film that you've been in? And he said, oh, yeah, it's The Green Butchers. And we looked at each other and went, never heard of that. Uh, so we acquired it, as you can, in this digital age, and it's so good. It is good. Yeah, it is. It's really, really good. Mm, that's um, cool. Also really good is a, is um, a film we watched just a few nights ago. Um, it stars Udo Kier, who's, again, another actor, really love, and it's called Swan Song from two, uh, 2021. Not to be mixed up with another another movie, also called Swan Song from 2021. Uh, so yeah, this is this is Udo, who you see in a retirement home, your typical grumpy old guy, um, uh, gay as well, and he's just living out the rest of his days smoking moors, which looked a little bit familiar. They're like very long, thin cigars, is what they look like. Apparently, they're popular smoke with women, which I never knew of, but this comes through in the movie. Anyway. Um, a famous celebrity whose hair he used to do, played by Linda Evans of Dynasty fame, uh, has di- has died. So her, her, like the lawyers or the people dealing, solicitors dealing with her death, she'd written that she wants um, Udo Kier's character to do her hair for the funeral so she looks good. So they come and they say, right, well, you know, she's written this in a will and we'll give you $25,000 to cut her hair and... He tells them to fuck off because he's a grumpy git. And eventually he decides and he goes and do it. And it's his, he walks from the retirement home to this town where the, the funeral is. And it's his journey from the retirement home through, uh, yeah, from the retirement home mm. through, to the, through to the town, the people that he meets, the things that he does. Udo is amazing in he it. Is. He's yeah. so amazing in it. And he goes to, um, 
this gay bar where he used to do all the dancing all the time and used to love it. And it just so happens that the night that he gets there, it's the last night before it closes. So he's meeting people there and there's some amazing <laughs> scenes in it. Um, we've got the IMDb page open in front of us now. And so it plays the, the trailer. Uh, I mean, there's a bit in, in that bar with the chandelier on his head. He looks spectacular. He goes to this sort of thrift shop uh, because he comes out of the retirement home and he's just in joggers and a sweatshirt and, you know, a pair of old trainers. And she she remembers him um, because he used to do her hair, the woman that owns the thrift shop. And he remembers every detail about her, says her name and tells her story. So she gives him clothes to wear. What an outfit. What <laughs> yeah. an outfit that you see Udo in this sort of, what, what I mean, you're the, the colour person, is it? What green is it? Lime green. A lime green mm. outfit with this hat. Oh, absolutely superb. And it's, it, again. The good thing about it, though, is that even though it's like Udo Kia and he's a bit of an over-the-top actor, isn't he? Mm. He's very subtle in this. Yeah. And even though he plays an old queen, He's a believable old queen, yeah, isn't he? Oh, it's he's, not. Oh, he's brilliant. You really take to him, yeah. even though when you first meet him, he's grumpy. Mm. Uh, but sometimes that endears you to be playing anyway when it's all grumpy characters. But it's yeah, his journey through uh, and the way, and there's a really good ending to it as, as well. So yes, yeah, Swan Song's recommended. Um, two more to go. Uh, Falling, written and directed by Viggo Mortensen. Vigo four. Vigo. Vigo. Uh, <laughs> um, so <coughs> Vigo is a gay guy married um, to his partner. They've got a daughter. His dad is played by Lance Henriksen. Oh, what a voice. Oh, what a voice. What a voice. And what an actor. And so good to see him in a proper mm -hmm. serious yeah. film. Yeah rather than some, you know, low-budget thing that, you know, is just taken to... Some shit where he's yeah. set on it. It's like an old abandoned it, ship that's yeah. a rip-off of the thing that, <laughs> yeah. that, you, that you made me watch. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, this th this will swill that bad taste out of your mouth, mate, because Lance is absolutely superb in this and shows his acting chops. It was really good to, to watch him in this. It's a difficult watch, I think, It is a film. very it's, difficult um, watch yeah. because Lance has started with um, dementia and you see it keeps going into flashbacks, so it's present day and then you see uh, Lance's character and Vigo's character, obviously as father and son, when they were a lot younger. And, the, and it's a very strange relationship where the father has got such a bad temper and, and really puts his son through some shit and continues to do it even more as an old man and hates the, the fact that his son is gay, hates, just hates everything in mm. general and says that some of the most vile things to not only his son, but like his grandkids and all sorts of people. He's just not a, a, a nice guy. But then there's little flashes where you think, oh, he's all right now. And then he'll be a complete dick again. So it's, it is a really tough watch. But it's a gripping watch. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. 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 And that's, that's another one that is that's highly recommended. If nothing more, I mean, because Viggo Mortensen is great anyway, but if mm. nothing more, just to see Lance Henriksen being able to flex his acting mm. chops in a, in a proper, really good film, I'd like yeah. say rather than some, you know, low-budget piece of trash <laughs> that he's been in far too many of. He deserves to be in a lot more really good films. 
So, yeah, falling is he's a good one. He's too busy one. making plates. Yeah, apparently you said he's really big into pottery, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he makes pottery and sells it on Facebook. And it's beautiful as well. Mm. Big, like, big plates with that he decorates. They're gorgeous. Mm. Uh, I'm going to finish I'm gonna finish with a rewatch. Don't normally co come up with rewatches. It's always like first-time watch stuff that's really interested me and I want to recommend to everybody. I have got to say, though, I rewatched. I hadn't seen this in a long, long time. I rewatched Black Dynamite a few weeks ago. <laughs> now, Monty Python and the Holy Grail will always be my favourite comedy film ever, closely followed by Monty Python and the Life of Brian. <laughs> I watched those at the cinema when they were released. What about Blazing Saddles? No, that's... No, and Young Frankenstein? No, always be those two. It's always going to be um, Holy Grail, Life of Brian. All-time favourite comedies as we get into the 21st century, since what we were in 2023 now, so for 23 years, Step Brothers has always been my favourite comedy of, of this millennium. And then I rewatched Black Dynamite, which I hadn't seen for a long time. Oh my God, it was even better than I remembered it. I remembered it being really good, but I, have, I can't remember the last time I laughed so much, so constantly. This has overtaken Step Brothers now as my favourite comedy of the 21st century. And if if you haven't seen it before, it's incredible. It's a riff on all the black exploitation films of the 1970s. And it stars Michael Jai White as the titular Black Dynamite, who is just he's, he's an action hero. Everybody loves him. And he's a lover man too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, they just, they hit, you know, anybody that's, I mean, you don't even need to be familiar with black exploitation movies to find it funny. If you are familiar, you'll get some more of the beats as well and pick up on some more of the humour. But even if you're not, it just rips the piss out of everything. There wasn't, and with no exaggeration, I bet there wasn't, if I say five minutes, maybe that's too long, where I didn't go without really laughing out loud. It was constant belly laugh after belly laugh. So, yeah, Black, Di Black Dynamite. Again, if, uh, you, if you haven't seen it, you're really lucky because you're, you're really for a great treat with it. Yeah, I, I saw that you'd logged that and you gave it uh, a, like a really good rating. And so I haven't seen it, uh, but I will check it out. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it me of what you've just said there about uh, I'm going to get you sucker, which uh, I remember watching many years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Which sort of like the, the, a riff, yeah. riff on all of those, which... Um, this, yeah. this far outstrips that, mate. I'm sure. If if you want a good laugh, and it's only it's only 84 minutes as well. You know, it's one of those doesn't outstay its welcome. It's in and out, and you will just laugh so much. Mm. Mm. So Excellent. there we go. Yeah, that, that's all my movies, mate. Very good. Does does that leave us with the double dip? Double dip. You know what yeah. we didn't do? And we did this last we, we show. Didn't, we didn't pick what we we're going to go with. <laughs> we didn't pick which one we're going to talk about first. So, executive decision. What, what does everybody think? What should we talk about first? What do you reckon? Mel. Let's do Mel. Do you want to do Mel first? Let's, let's do Mel. All right, then. We shall be back in a few minutes after you've listened to this. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. All right, people. Settle in. Relax. Give me a call. This is On The Line. Are you ready? 
I'm always ready. We're expecting your calls. Talk to Elvis live on air and tell him about all of your issues and problems. If it isn't the greatest radio host. Okay, we got Gary on the line. What say you, Gary? Gary, are you with us? I'm going to do something really screwed up tonight. You at home? No. Does the home belong to someone you know? No. It belongs to somebody not very nice. And I'm, I'm going to take out his whole family. Gary, what was that? I'm breaking into the house. Hey, 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 Gary, stop, wait, come on. Why hurt his family? I mean, they're innocent. You're better than that, Gary. Tell me calmly. Where exactly are you? I'm at your house. Honey. Tonight, I've gone out of my way to make sure you spend the worst night of your life. See, I've created a game, and I think you're gonna love it. This can still end well. But I don't want it to end well. I don't want to die here. Well, if we don't want to die, we gotta fight. Well, that won't be easy. Now I want you to jump. So how about you tell us the truth? We're all listening. Show yourself, you slippery son of a... Right, so... That was the trailer for On The Line. And this is our double dip segment where Dave and I uh, usually pick a film that we haven't watched before. And uh, But on this occasion, uh, it's going to be Tina and I that uh, choose the movies. I did suggest that we do a triple dip, but um, we're, we're just going <laughs> to stick with the double for now. But uh, I, I, I can't handle three at a time. I, I definitely can't handle three <laughs> at a time because I've only got one hole. <laughs> so anyway, this is... Uh, so I should point out that my original pick would have potentially been a bit of a slightly different review. Uh, it, it was going to be Bisping. Um, if you... I can get the chance to watch that and I would recommend it. It's a documentary. So I thought it was down Dave's alley. Um, and it's all about the, um, the former UFC fighter, now color commentator, uh, Michael Bisping. So anyway, check that out. But, um, last minute change was on the line. So I was looking around for something to pick and I saw this advertised on Amazon Prime and I thought, oh God, we've watched some other shites with Mel Gibson on Amazon. I don't think we've watched anything good on Amazon Prime, have we? I think there may have been that film uh, with the guy out of um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was good. We enjoyed that. Palm Springs? Yes, yeah. But generally speaking, there's been most shite on Amazon Prime. Um, So... Wasn't expecting much for this, but I thought, fuck it, why not? It's got Mel Gibson in yeah. it. Anyway, so um, quick synopsis of this. A host takes a call where an unknown person threatens to kill the showman's entire family on air. To save loved ones, the radio host will have to play a survival game, and the only way to win is to find out the identity of the criminal. Uh, it's got a 5.4 out of 10 out of 6,000 reviews or wow. ratings <laughs> on uh, IMDb. Um, on Metacritic, interestingly, 
this hasn't got any well actually no it's got one critic review um which is movie nation roger moore I'm assuming <laughs> it's not that roger moore uh, and he gave it 25 and said, uh, it's a movie that demands we tune out long before it tries to explain away its shortcomings, which doesn't really tell you much, but he basically thought it was shit. Um, so, yeah, there's not much else to say about it, really. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, over to you. Um, what did you think of it then? Well, I think, <laughs> I mean, we... We keep saying letterboxed a lot during these shows and the decade of decadence. And again, if nobody knows what it is, please. And it, you can. there's different versions. You can get a free version, obviously, or you can give them a few quid and get pro, or you can pay a little bit extra and get um, Patreon version. But you, you use it to log the films that you watch and give them a rating. And I've discovered lots of new films from it as well. And I'm pretty sure that the three of us... I know you rated it a one out of five. I rated it a one out of five. I think you maybe give it zero out of five, didn't you? Uh, can we address first that the character that Mel Gibson plays in this, because uh, he's you know he's a shock jock, isn't he? A late night shock jock, and his name yeah. is Elvis. Yeah, and that Elvis is so, Cooney. It's yeah. so distracting all the way through. I mean, of all the names that you could call anybody. I think Elvis is the... Everybody's going to think of Elvis Presley. You, don't, you can't hear Elvis and not think of Elvis Presley. And I... Did you find it distracting? No. Uh, and he, and he, I did. Because he's just even, got... Sorry. Even one of the people in his... Um, the producers in it says... Says the line, Elvis has left the yes. building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So you anyway, see, sorry. You, so you see him, so Elvis... It, that's shock jock and he doesn't give a shit what he says and he's got this new young male producer that comes in uh to help behind the glass and this guy he was terrible i thought he was awful in it i thought he was so wooden in it and i would love to see a deep fake done of this movie <laughs> where they put prince william's head onto the producer because he sounded you know when the royals speak and they've got no there's no emotion they're just they're all rather posh and it's all rather monotone like this all the time that's how mm. he talked that's how he it just got so annoying with with him in it there's there's a twi well there's a double twist ending at the end of this so spoilers ahoy but we figured it out way yeah. way before yeah. the end because there's this little bit because mel gibson comes in uh, sorry elvis comes into the radio station which during the it seems like the um nakatomi building is fucking huge they're going through up different stories of the building aren't they mm. i mean this radio station must be doing really well because the building that they're in is so massive and he comes in and the first thing he does is he complains because his show starts at midnight and it's about 13 minutes to midnight. And he complains, oh, you forgot my birthday again, haven't you? Every year you forget my birthday. Hmm. Wonder why he said that at the beginning of the film. <laughs> Could it be that everything that plays out for the entire film is a big prank for his birthday? Because he's such a prankster and getting onto people. He's a prick. He's a, yeah, <laughs> he is. He's a pricky prankster. And so it was all the way through, you know, you, so there's supposedly a phone call comes in and it's somebody you think is going to, oh, I'm going to commit suicide. You heard it in the trailer. 
Oh, I'm going to do something silly. I'm going to commit suicide. Then it goes on. Oh, I'm going to kill somebody. I'm at the house now. I'm outside. I've broken in. Oh, and then Elvis says, where are you? Oh, I'm at your house. No big surprise. We were all expecting that to happen. But the thing is, no, it's all its all a big prank on the new producer guy. Um, actually, I've just, <laughs> just seen his name. It's played by um, William Mosley. So it should be Prince William that played it anyway. <laughs> Um, it's all its all this elaborate prank on him. So as far as, and he plays the character called Dylan, so as far as Dylan is concerned, there's this psycho on the phone who's gonna, who's broken into Elvis's house, he's going to kill his wife and daughter, and he doesn't know it's a prank. And it goes on, and it, the, the, the psycho tries to get Elvis to jump off the building, and Dylan's panicking, and... On it goes with all these different things and people get killed in it. When it first started, I I thought it was going to be one of those run-of-the-mill, low-budget action films, but on Prime. And I thought that Mel Gibson would be in it. He he would be the star of it. His photo was on all the blurb, but he'd be in it for five minutes. And it's not. He's in all the way. He's in virtually every scene. Yeah, yeah. he is the star of it. He's in every scene, isn't he? is a plus for me because I do like Mel Gibson as an actor. Well, let's just remind ourselves about Mel Gibson as well. Because I have to say one of my favourite bits of acting in any film ever is the bit where he's going to shoot himself in Lethal Weapon. And that bit of acting, just that that two minutes where he's got the gun in his mouth and he can't pull the trigger, is the best that I've ever seen Mel Gibson do. He is a really good actor. He's an incredible director as well. But apparently, you know, he's he's gob. (laughs) The stuff that comes out of his mouth... As more or less, it's his private ended life his, that is, yeah, ended his, his career because he was gonna. It, yeah. After he did Apocalypto, he was gonna direct a film about Vikings. Can you imagine how awesome a a Viking film directed by Mel Gibson oh, would have been? Incredible, wouldn't it? And he incredible. is a good actor, but he was, I, I, he was unrecognizable in this film. He that wasn't Mel Gibson. Mm. It wasn't Mel Gibson. He was he was terrible, hammy. Yeah, I think I think everybody was hammy in it though, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, whether whether that was on purpose because it was all a prank and they were acting, acting, if you know what I mean, they were <laughs> acting to be somebody who's acting. Whether it, that you could use that as an excuse or not, um, but yeah. And so it it plays out that this poor Dylan thinks that Elvis is is being stalked and then the psychopath appears at this huge radio station um and then it all comes out and they go oh you know surprise dylan it was all a big prank and then dylan like storms off but he falls down the stairs and and smashes his head and then elvis is going shit this prank's gone tits up what's going on but it's a it's a double twist it's a double (laughs) it's a double prank on mel because they all end up going Happy birthday, which was like, yeah, we've known this virtually from the beginning when you made a point of saying everybody always forgets. It's sort your of birthday. like the game, isn't it? They, but not as, yeah, but nowhere it's not near as, as good. good. And then there's another film called Talk Radio. Yes, that, I, I thought yeah. about that. The mo- it's an amazing film, so forget Oliver about it. Stone directed yeah. that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, it's a great film. Yeah. yeah. So it was, the, it was the fact that the acting was shit. 
the story was so predictable. Even it's supposed to, twice at the end, you're supposed to be going, oh my God. Well, you guessed it 20 minutes in. Yeah. You told me the whole I plot. I said what was going to happen. 20 <laughs> minutes in, he told me exactly. And then it would be a double twist and it wouldn't work. And it's his birthday. Yeah. And it was that. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Did you like it, Chris? <laughs> See, I, I didn't get that. I must admit, I didn't get the <laughs> twist come in. But then I thought towards the end, that it, like you mm. said, I got the double twist kind of section of it. But then, I mean, the start of it, I thought was fairly intriguing like the the actual opening seg segment sequence where you know you think there's blood on the floor but that's you know him playing with his daughter although that wasn't very believable at all and then um you know him going into work and sort of like you got the impression that he is a bit of a cock because the way he was talking to the security guard on the door and yeah. then this guy came in who was sort of put a knife to his throat and he tried to talk him down and all this stuff and the other thing oh fuck, where's this going and then so it was kind of you know in a note whether it was because I was a bit tired at the time, but I was watching this in the living room and the sort of like the se the section where, you know, things are happening and they have to go and explore the, the radio station. Mm. And I think I, well, I did, I nodded off uh, periodically during different <laughs> bits, but I swear that every time I woke up or sort of like emerged from a must, you know, sleep was, still in the same place just walking yeah, around you yeah, know it yeah. just felt like that and it was just like oh, i ain't missed anything then but then 20 minutes has gone so i think you're right i mean looking at it this is the third um mel gibson film that we've talked about since we you know we've, we did the professor and the madman mm -hmm. which was you know all right but it was yeah. a bit shit really um the what you're kind of referring to in as much as he thought oh this might just be a bit of a cameo for him because he was in that film which we talked about called force of nature if you remember that oh where god yeah he's kind of on the poster and everything or the video cover but you think uh, he's in it for like 10 minutes yeah uh and, but yeah he's 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 in this like pretty much throughout the whole film which surprised me mm. well i think at the end of it all the end credits were really weird as well. It kind of ended like it was a bit of a, an action fi film or something. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> but then um, at the end of it, I just thought, okay, can't can't you, somebody just actually like, kill them? <laughs> or, <laughs> that, I don't know. Something like quite shocking and random yeah. just happened that, you know, um, okay, oh, this is all a joke. You know, this is always another joke on you, whatever. And then I thought, oh, this would be better if actually, I don't know, something i fell off the building and crushed them all or something that'd be like because <laughs> it's almost like they were taking the piss out of us weren't they you know they were just like laughing at the audience they were laughing mm. at the people watching the film going yeah. oh you know we're so clever and you're fucking thick um but it really it was just it was a shit film yeah. it wasn't you know i thought it had a bit of promise to begin with but then it was just boring and not interesting at all and like you said mel gibson just kind of hams it up yeah. i don't know and it makes you think because like nick cage is is kind of famous for this or infamous you know making tons of films and they're all like them direct to video direct to dvd and whatever and you think well why bother i mean it's like surely mel gibson has got enough money that he doesn't need to make this kind of film i don't know maybe what motivated him when he read the script because he's looking at his imdb over the last three years there's stuff in there that I haven't got a bleeding clue about, do you know what I mean? There's mm. there's stuff in there up to the point. I think I don't know when I can't remember exactly when that kind of um, what he said uh, got leaked or whatever, but then looking at what the, some of the stuff that he's made um, over the last few years, I mean, he did the expendables three, didn't he? That was probably one of the last big films that he was in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's just, it's like a bit of a decline. You see a sort of this decline of his career and he's thinking, mm. when was the actual last good film or, you know, that he was in? I don't know. The I think Beaver probably uh, yeah, was the last that was, that was one good. that was really good. Yeah. When was that? Jodie Foster directed it. Yeah. Oh, The Beaver. The I thought Beaver. you said fee- Fever. Sorry. <laughs> Beaver. Um, he was in Bloodfather as well, which looked intriguing. That, I think was, you... that was all right. I quite enjoyed it. But, um, yeah. And then, yeah, looking at it, he's just, I think, well, I wasn't a big fan of, I mean, I, I, we were fooling if we were talking about M. Night Shyamalan, um, because we, we talked about the happening for our um, spotlight movie <laughs> reflection show. I'm looking we, forward so, to listening to, to what it, you two have got to say about that. Jeez. But if you think like Signs was 2002, I mean, like, wow. you know, 21 years ago, it's mad. And so, and then stuff like, you know, I, I said, the Beaver was 2011, which I've not seen, but that was a big flop, wasn't it, at the time? Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I don't know if Mel Gibson's sort of like at that point where he's just like, it's, I, I think because you mentioned Nick Cage, and I know Nick Cage really loves doing indie films, yeah. and, and he likes really you know from indie films to blockbusters. But the difference between Cage and Gibson is Nick Cage is still being offered big films mm. if he wants to do them, yeah. whereas Mel Gibson has sort of been black, blackballed and he's not got much choice apart from to accept what he's been given. Is the way that that I look at it at the moment. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like um, I mean. The circumstances around Bruce Willis are different, I suppose, yeah. with everything that's come out. But then there was a, p- a period where Bruce Willis was just making tons and tons of films that mm. nobody was probably going to watch, you know. And, and it's I come think out, that's... wasn't it? He, he just was trying to make as much money as he could, wasn't he? Because mm. be- before he knew he couldn't act anymore, which yeah. is pretty sad, really. But in terms of the movie, like you said, it made me, because I always sometimes think if I'm watching a crap film, it makes me think of, well, what would I prefer to be watching, which is similar. And so I did think about talk radio and I haven't mm. watched that for a while, but that's uh, um, Eric, I don't know how he pronounces his surname. Bogdanovich, is it? Bogdanovich, is it? Or Bogosian or whatever. Anyway, I can't, yeah. Like, like you said, it's kind of almost like it's, it's set in one room, isn't it? And yeah. it's quite, uh, you mm-hmm. know... Um, uh, claustrophobic and tight mm. and everything but then it also made me think of the tv show the midnight caller um with yeah, yeah. um uh god what was his name gary cole which i enjoyed watching when i was younger um but looking at the director who made this i'm going to butcher his name but whatever <laughs> he made a shit film uh rom romillard romillard bollinger mm-hmm. sounds like something cheese and wine <laughs> mixed cheese together wine. Yeah. uh anyway he did a <laughs> short film in 2019 called talk and the synopsis of that is in a los angeles radio station the host of an emblematic night show um gives advice to live callers one call might destroy his career his family and his life Ah. so that was a short film 25 minutes long and uh starring william baldwin um makes you wonder whether that was this must have been the genesis of you know where, where it all came from which i suppose as a short film, you know, um, you know, when we were well, funny, if we were talking, going back to the happening, we, we thought, you know, as an episode of the Twilight Zone or something like that, yeah, yeah, that could work, yeah, but I don't know, I don't know, anyway, it was bollocks, don't watch it, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I agree, it was, it was bollocks, it don't was watch bollocks. it, triple bollocks, I think we all agree it was bollocks, lots of bollocks, talking of bollocks, talking of bollocks, mm. let's move on to this one. I, Constance Reed, take you, Clifford Chatterley. 
break of dawn Turning where they don't belong Welcome to Ragby, Lady Chatterley Take me to a place I never <laughs> forget I'm not really a part of this world Want me in a way Life is what we make of it. Lady Chatterley. Sorry, I didn't mean to intrude. Do you want to come in? Ever to have visited the estate. Connie's exhausted. Who do you think's taking care of her while she's taking care of you? I don't think I've realised how lonely I've been. of hell have you been doing? You understand how badly this could end. Imagine how lowered you'd feel with your husband's gamekeeper. Are you afraid? I am, yeah. Such tenderness. I didn't say you were gentle. I've had enough of gentlemen. I, Connie. I, Oliver. Take you, Oliver. Confusing sex with There's love. There's nothing like that. Yes, it is. Your strength. I've given you everything. It's not enough. Your ecstasy. It's amazing, isn't it? How someone can get so into your blood. Let me be a woman. There you go. So that was the trailer for Lady Chatterley's Lover, which is on Netflix. Um, and it stars uh, Emma Corrin, Jack O'Connell, uh, Jolie Richardson, I suppose the more well-known actors in it. Um it's uh, the synopsis is an unhappily married aristocrat begins a torrid affair with the gamekeeper on her husband's country estate um, based on the book by D.H. Lawrence, um, one of the many adaptations of Lady Chatterley's Lover. Well, I started looking into it because uh, I've never seen uh, any of the adaptations of Lady Chatterley's chatterley's lover there's tons of them there's there's so many different versions and that, so just looking at them because uh, there's that one um with sean bean sean bean uh, and Johnny um, richardson um, there you go yeah. um and then so there's others though um such as lady chatterley versus fanny hill um <laughs> Lady Chatterley in Tokyo, uh, Lady Chatterley's ghost, alternatively known as Lady Chatterley's daughter, Lady Chatterley's passions, um, the loves of Lady Chatterley, um, Lady Chatterley's passions too, Julie's secret, who's, afra <laughs> what? who's afraid of Lady Chatterley. Um, <laughs> Lady Chatterley in Japan. There's some one of your calls. I don't know if this is a piss take. Lady Chatterjee. I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Lady Chatterley too. Um, so yeah, there's Lady Chatterley. Uh, some of these have been, uh, or maybe one or two, have starred uh, Sylvia Christel as well. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, famous for Emmanuel. Um, anyway, this has got a six point six out of ten out of sixteen thousand ratings on IMDb. Um, Metacritic's got seventy. Uh, sorry, sixty-seven score with eighteen positive eight mixed and no negative uh just take 
a couple here. So I'll go with uh, Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian. Love and sex, two things taken so casually for granted in so many different kinds of story. Here becomes totemic articles of faith. Lady Chatterley still has the power to move. Uh, so that's one of the positive ones. And one of the more middling ones will go with the Empire magazine. Uh, Caitlin Quinlan, a sweepingly romantic take on the D.H. Lawrence classic that while not offering anything revolutionary to the period drama genre, is a satisfying and engaging watch. Mm. Uh, and there you go. So I suppose as our uh, literary person uh, on the show, <laughs> Tina, I, I, uh, like I said, I, I um, started looking, after I'd watched this, I started to look into uh, the whole story behind mm. Lady Chatterley. So I yeah. didn't really know much about it. I've heard yeah. of it, like I said. Um, but you know, quite a controversial, to say the least, very, book. Um, very un- controversial. Yeah. Banned in a lot of countries. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so... Do you I know why you... it was banned? Go for it. I don't know much about it. Because of oral sex. And I know the language was The language, yeah. Thing. He, uh, Oliver Mellers, says um, that he's going to bring her off. So a lot of women would have read this and had no idea what he was talking about. And he also says fucking a couple of times in it as well. And fuck, uh, mm. which was completely uh, shocking and got the book banned. But um, yeah, that that isn't the reason I, I picked this particular film for us to watch. Um, we live in a small village in North Wales called Chirk. And Lady Chatterley's lover was filmed in Chirk last summer. Wow. Uh, and it was the house that they live in, the the big ancestral hall, is actually, actually Brinkinelt Hall, where Lord and Lady Trevor live, which is about a mile from where I'm sitting now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a private house. I've been in it a few times. It's the most incredible house. It's Elizabethan. Uh but it caused such a stir, didn't it, in the village? Oh, because God, yeah. London descended, and it is a little village as well. So uh, one of my friends, Bridget, uh, to, to cut a long story short, the crew stayed on her land, her family's land. Uh, so everybody was sort of mixing in the village, and everything they filmed... <laughs> would be reported back on Facebook, particularly the nude scene in the rain. Dancing nude in the <laughs> rain. Yeah, dancing nude in the rain. Did they, did, yeah. did they see the frolicking? Yes. Well, they banned people from the set and it was a wood that isn't so far away from here. But my, again, my friend Bridget, her mum somehow was walking through that wood just as they were filming that <laughs> and <laughs> was hiding behind a bush having a good gawp at Jack O'Connell who I think she tried to shag a couple of times <laughs> but um, yeah that that's the reason I picked it uh, because it was filmed here and it's like you know it, it just shows how beautiful where we live is it in, does, in yeah, Wales it does, doesn't it yeah. uh, but surprisingly having because I'm you know D.H. Lawrence one of my favourite authors read all his books absolutely love Lady Chatley's lover um, was a groundbreaking piece of literature for for women more than anything, and also in a way that 
it it sort of portrays sex as not a dirty thing. It's you can fuck somebody, but you can love them and fuck them at the same time. And I thought that this film was, even though it was quite romantic, which I don't think Lady the, the other versions of Lady Chatley, particularly the Sean Bean Jolie Richardson one, isn't romantic. It is like horrible rutting in a forest up against a tree and is tacky and BBC One sort of period dramery. It's it's not very good. I really like this version because I thought it gave a lot of pathos to the characters, that it showed them falling in love. It showed them her sort of sexual awakening because she couldn't have sex with her husband because he'd been injured in the war. Um, I just, I really liked it. And I liked Emma Corrin in it as well. And she's an actress who most people will know for playing uh, Princess Diana in early, ver uh, not the last series of The Crown, the one before the young Diana. Um, and she's like, she's going to be a superstar. I think she's just signed up. She's going to be in the new Robert Edgar's film I mentioned earlier. Um, and she's also the baddie in the new Deadpool film as well. Mm. Um, I, she's on the stage at the moment. She's playing Orlando. But she's, um, I think she's a they, so I shouldn't say she. They, Emma Corrin is a they. Uh, and then Jack O'Connell as well. He's been in some cracking films, mm. hasn't he? He's normally a bit of an action hero. He's in the film 71 about Northern yeah, Ireland. Yeah, that's a great film, 71. Well. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in the past. Entertainment show, it's a good film. But I thought he was a really good Oliver Mellows because he's he's supposed to be really rough and ready. He's just come out of the army. He's seen a lot of horrible shit in the First World War. You know, he's working class, but he's clever as well. And I thought it was, he was, they were both plausible to fall in love with each other. And I thought the, the nuances between them, the energy between them on screen was quite believable because she's really sort of androgynous, I think. She's, mm. she's not very womanly. She's not very curvy. She's a very no. slim actress. Yeah. But I thought, I and the sex scenes as well, I didn't think they were titillating. Did you? <laughs> no, I, well, I'll go, Dave, I'll, what, what, do you, what did you think of it? And I'll give my opinion. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I um, agree with everything Tina said. I thought everybody in it was really good in it. And it did, uh, like Tina said, it did. It is a love story and it shows the way that they do fall in love. Um I thought Matthew Duckett as as um, Clifford Chatterley was was really good, and you could see why um, Connie is eventually pushed away from him because he's a bit of a twat, really, yeah. isn't he? And mm -hmm. He really does that. And then you you know you've got Mellors, who's just going about his day to day job and doesn't actively try to seduce Connie. Mm. They just naturally fall in love, and it does. It's good the way that they that they show that. And of course, you know there is. There is sex scenes in it, and there's the scene like we we talked about where they're, they're dancing naked in the rain, and both actors are you know are very brave. They're not mm. they're not shy to you know they show everything they've got as they're dancing around in in the rain, and but it fits the story. It's not like you said, Tina. It's not put in to be a little bit of titillation. It's them celebrating life uh, and the love that they found and the joy of of life now, and they just go out and dance naked in the 
in the way and since it's just down the road it's something that we could do actually we could I'd like, yes, we could go to the, we could go to the exact place that they did that yeah. we could dance in the rain and then i could bring you off as well and then <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd rather like that <laughs> can i call you mellas mellas bring me off against this tree you could do a bit of cosplay or something. We could do. Yeah, oh, we could do. Yes. Imagine going to like Wrexham Comic Con, start bollock naked, and you're saying you're cosplaying. I, I, I'm, I'm cosplaying Mellors, and Tina here is uh, Connie Chatterley. Yes. And we're going to dance. Um, the reason I'm holding a watering can above my head and, and water's going <laughs> down is we're recreating the scene from the film. We could do that. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I've got to be honest, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. It's not, even though um, my my movie watching is very eclectic. It's the it's the thing that I am very eclectic in. I'll mm. watch everything from, you know, the old black and white silent to French New Wave to to whatever. I love all cinema. Um, but yeah, this did take me by surprise how much um, I did enjoy it. Ooh, there, uh. ooh, uh, there was there was one funny bit in it. Um, I didn't mention to you at the time, Tina, as we were watching it. But there's a scene where Connie. Is because of course her husband, you know, can't make love to her. She's getting frustrated, and she's on the couch, and she's having a bit of me time. Mm. So what do you uh, mean? Me time? I don't know. I think I don't know <laughs> what would the kids of today. I think flicking the bean went many years ago. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't, I don't know what the youth <laughs> of today would call it. Um, she's having a good old rummage down there, isn't she? And and she orgasms, and the editing is brilliant. So. She like she's going, she's going, oh, and then she orgasms, and there's a jump cut, and it's to Jolie Richardson as Mrs. Bolton, and there's this jump cut, so it's orgasm, 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 jump cut to Mrs. Bolton, and she immediately says, "There's been an explosion in the mine." <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, is that what they used to call it back then? Yeah, <laughs> having an explosion in the mine. I thought that was a really good. Whether it was meant, to, like, I, I guess it wasn't, but I just found it very <laughs> funny with my immature mind that they edited it like that. So I thought, yes, yeah, she's just had an explosion in the mind. Uh, mm. In the mind, in sorry. Mind. <laughs> and in the mind, I guess. But, mm. yeah, it was good. So what did you think, mate? Yeah, I um, enjoyed it as well. It didn't, it's not the sort of film that I would tend to go for, if I'm honest with you, like kind of period dramas. And uh, I knew the story and the background behind it in terms of, you know, knew there was going to be sex scenes in it. I think to answer your question, Tina, it didn't, I didn't sort of, it didn't seem to do it gratuitously. Mm. I think it was more a case of, like you said, um, you know, first time they have sex, it's a, it's very quick and, and it's it's over and done with and they kind of just get on with it and then it just develops doesn't it you know i suppose as relationships do and uh you know they get to know each other and exploring each other's bodies and knowing what pleases the other person and all that sort of stuff and and um so you know it it had all of that in it and um it it, it, it didn't blow me away in terms yeah. of you know it i didn't think it was a great film like I would watch it again, but I did enjoy it um, for what it was. And I, because I haven't seen a, a, an ad adaptation of Lady Chatterley, I, I enjoyed, I'm glad that I've kind of ticked that off a list mm -hmm. now, if you know what I mean. And um, I don't know, I can't compare it to any of the other versions, but uh, you know, for the, the one version I have seen of it, the one thing that I did make a note of, and I was looking at my phone, I wasn't um, being rude 
but uh, obviously people can't see that when I was <laughs> listening to it. But I, I made a note that, you know, like say sports movies, like we've mentioned Rocky a bit already, but like Rocky um, uh, and those kinds of sports movies, like it, midway through, they'll have a, a training montage. Well, this had a shagging montage <laughs> um, where they're sort of like, you know, there's like, there's no dialogue. There's just bits of, there's, there's music and the score and then there's scenes of you know them shagging and and things like that and um uh but yeah and then uh i, I did i quite liked because I, I didn't know this was a thing or not i'm assuming it was but you know but um clifford's um is i suppose very early version of a motability scooter yeah which yeah. um i'd never i'd never knew that one of those things existed so he's like you said he can't walk it um he's lost the use of his legs and so he's in a wheelchair for most of it but then and the other that was the other thing there's a bit where she's out and it's there's a storm and it's thunder and lightning or rain raining very heavily and they're panicking and he's pacing up and down in his <laughs> in his wheelchair which i thought was the, just fucking sit still yeah but anyway um there's but... been a lot of criticism about his um the portrayal of his character in this oh. uh because i do don't do some work with disability arts cymru because i'm an artist and quite a few people who are a member of that think it's really shit because it's basically they think it's saying that if you're disabled you can't have a normal relationship right. and they're emphasizing that that you can't have sex that there isn't more than one way to have sex and that it you know they shouldn't have made it or they should have made him able-bodied or you know it's giving a a really uh negative view of disability um mm. But then, you know, that's the way that D.H. Lawrence the it wrote it mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, but but what you said about it being a romantic film, I've got to be absolutely honest. The only reason I picked this film is because it, it was filmed in Chirk. And if I hadn't have picked it, I probably would never have watched it. Mm. Even though okay. I, you know, I like Jack O'Connell and it's, you know, but I would have gone, mm, I've seen Lady Chatley's rather read the book again. Yeah. Mm. So I wouldn't have watched it because I don't really do romantic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I did. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so he's got like a little kind of, it's like a motorbike almost, but it's, uh, it's you know, he sits just on it. on about the it's motorbike. Yeah, it's a trike, isn't got, it? <laughs> I guess it's a little trike, but then, because yeah. so, that's the other thing as well, is that, um, so um, Mellor's uh, says, you know, because he offers to push it up the hill because he can't get up this hill. And um, and then he's like, he's coughing and stuff because, oh, dodgy lungs from the war. I thought, and it's, uh, that didn't stop you running around and shagging and <laughs> you coughing your guts at them, were you? You know? Um, but no, it was it was good. I, I mean, it was kind of it was above average. You know, yeah. I say if I gave it three out of five, then mm. you know, two and a half's kind of average, isn't it? So just above average for me. It yeah. was um, the one thing that did stick stick out for me a little bit. I don't know if it's just me that sort of notices these things because uh, whenever I talk to Adam about scores and stuff, he, he seems oblivious to it. But the music seemed quite. It, I don't know why it sort of it had a bit of a horror film vibe about it in places i'm not quite sure there was i can't pr quite explain it properly but it it seemed to just you've got the typical i suppose what your classes um periods classical style type music but then there were scenes in it which 
Um, it don't know. It just seemed to sort of quite jarring, and I'm I'm not sure if that was intended or not. But I mean, it it wasn't bad or anything. It was just different. Mm. So, um, but no, here's a show. I don't think it would happen because I haven't really seen much of Jack O'Connell. I must admit, I think this is probably the only thing I've seen. He's in that um, show on BBC One, which I've heard good things about uh, by the writer of Peaky Blinders, that SAS show. Have you watched that, either of you? No, I I recorded it when it was on. It was on before Christmas, wasn't it? And yeah. I ended up deleting it because I knew that you know I'd never watch it because Dave wouldn't watch it. So. I've yeah. heard good things about SS yeah. Rogue Heroes. Yeah, that was really cool. yeah. Um, but how about as uh, an a option for James Bond, Jack O'Connell, potentially? Can you see it, maybe? I don't know. Ah, uh, well, I've already picked my James Bond, who Ooh. I think is going to be James Bond. Go on, I then. think it's going to be Jack Loudon. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, Who's you're going to have to Google him. I'm going to. Do you, you'll know Jack Loudon. Do you remember a film we watched a couple of years ago hmm. uh, about um, a golfer? Yeah. A golfer. Do you remember what it was called? Oh, God, and yeah, that was a Sean really Connery's good... son directed it. Yeah. Jack Loudon is the yeah, star of that. Yeah, because there's a review for it on the website and I can't for the hell of me think what it was called. Mm. But it was, a, yeah, it was a good film and he was good in it as yeah. well. I think he's... James Bond and the reason I'm saying that is because I watched a new show that's on BBC One at the moment called Gold about the Brinks Matt uh, robbery mm. mm-hmm. and he he plays Kenneth Noy in it and I just looked at him and I thought he's going to be the next James Bond mm. <laughs> okay mm. uh, interesting so, but yeah, yeah I, I could see Jack O'Connell yeah I could um, see him too Yeah, no he's too working class you think? Well, yeah, you can, you... definitely. He's too worthy of class. I, I, I didn't know if that what he sounds like in you know normal life, shall we say? Because but because obviously, like you said, he's he's got a bit of an accent. Um, but I think he's he's from Derby, sort mm. of you know around that area. So, but I don't know. I could see that possibly. Mm. And he's too old as well. Is he? Oh, he looks dead young. He's not that old. They're going to pick somebody sort of mid thirties for Bond, aren't they? Born in 1990. Oh, there you go. Too old. Too old. 35 is the perfect age. 35. Right, look at Jack Loudon. No, 33. Yeah, I've, I've had a look at him. I can't, because I haven't seen him in anything, I can't see him as, mm. as a Bond, possibly. Not based on the pictures I've just seen on, on IMDb. He's got that air about him where he could be quite upper class, but I can imagine him doing action as well. But... Mm. um then we both know that the next James Bond is going to be like a trans man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was it. Going back to what you just said there, I think about the, you know, the potentially people complaining about the portrayal of, you know, this chap mm. in a wheelchair. Yeah. I was like, that's, you think, oh, I mean, you know, it's, that was then it's, mm. it's, I don't know. It just seems a bit daft to complain about. How could you change that? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, if it was a, a character now set in this time, then yeah, change yeah. it, do what you want with it. But I mean, mm. yeah, a bit of classic literature that's that's the way it's written. Mm. Anyway, yes, mm. there you are. There we go. So, uh, yeah, I think we all recommend that one, then, don't we? Yeah, I think we all gave it a three on Letterbox, didn't we? So that's that's good. Mm. That's a hearty recommendation from all of us. It's. I'd like to give Jack O'Connell one. Would you? Mm. 
After seeing him bouncing up and down across uh, Bridget's farmyard, yeah, with his little willy bouncing. It's well, it's not wasn't a massive that one, is it? It's not massive, is it? I mean, it's not like a, you know, I didn't feel too inadequate watching him actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's like so you think that they might pick somebody who's got a massive knob just to, you know. But it's not the size that matters, Chris. It's what you do with it. That's what I keep telling myself. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we there we go. The <laughs> the entertainment shows are back. We will be we will not hopefully we will be back on a regular bi monthly schedule again. So we'll be recording the March and April show. Beginning of June. Um, also, because Tina's back on the mic again now, we will get back recording. Uh, me and Tina recording the review roundup shows. We'll be back where we pick our favourite ones from the review stuff and sit down if you're a regular listener because the SOS shows are going to come back. Oof. Those shows where we get a little Tina's bit... face <laughs> tells a different picture. Where we get a little oh. bit squiffy. Oh. And I forced some films. Forced something on me. <laughs> from my... Have you picked one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's one. There's Go on, one. then. Tell me what it is now. It's... Oh, my God. It's the... I can tell you who's in it. Is Rick Springfield in it? Or Eddie Kidd? Van Vanilla Ice is in it, is the one we're going to do. Oh, oh, God. Oh, cool as ice. That's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make <laughs> Tina watch that. So don't watch. Because the, the way that it works for anybody that hasn't listened, because there hasn't been one for a while is I, I pick one of my great films off my collection, mm. uh, t one that Tina's never seen. And what we do is we have a couple of drinks, we watch the trailer, so Tina gets a flavour of what the film is like, then we come upstairs, we record the intro to the show, and then we have some more drinks while we watch the film and then come up a little bit squiffy and record the podcast all about it. So they're, they're coming back. What was that one we did where I've got no memory of it at Every all? Every one we've ever recorded. I was absolutely <laughs> pissed off my tits. Was it Tammy and the T-Rex? I can't remember. It could remember. have been that one. I can't yeah. remember anything. So, yeah, they're, they're coming back. And you never know, if people wish hard enough, you might even get a Clint cast. I'm going to say it quietly. Ooh. Is Ben still alive? Yes. Well, there might be an ABCD yeah. coming in <gasps> March as well. Oh, the 60 oh, MW ben. machine is just rolling this year. Another oh. one. So, yeah. yeah has, he got, so we'll... has he got a girlfriend at the moment? And how old is she? No, I don't think so. Hasn't he? No, he's living he's a, a, life, five. a life of celibacy at the moment, I think. Oh, I don't believe he's that very for healthy. A Having his morning walks on the beach is very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he wants any complications with yeah. relationships and stuff at the moment. So, <laughs> so yeah, loads, loads of shows coming at you. So we're back. And would it be good? Is uh, a little request if Tina could perhaps join us again for one of these shows in the future? That'd be good. Definitely, our, yeah. our yeah. resident intellectual and TV. <laughs> <Yeah. watcher>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling. Yes. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. It's been lovely. Thank you very much good. for having me. So, oh, where where awesome. can people find you online, Tina? Um. <laughs> you put me on the spot now. <laughs> I can't remember, Dave. At Twitter. At Twitter. You are. Yeah, I never use Twitter. I hardly ever go on the it. The best so. way to follow Tina, really, <laughs> in all honesty, is via her art account on Instagram. Yes. Which is? Is art by Tina. <laughs> I okay. don't know. The best way to follow Tina <laughs> is to go to her website, which yes. is 
artbytinar.co.uk. Yes. Links to all of her social media are on there. So go to her website, yeah. bookmark it. I think I'm Art by Tina R on Instagram yeah. as well. And then links to everything yeah. is on there. So artbytinar.co.uk is where you, you should go to. Chris, you can <laughs> so, remember where you are on, can't you? I can, but similarly to Tina, I um I, I deleted Twitter from my phone earlier on this year. Um, I made a sort of a bit of a... I don't know, resolution or whatever. I, I'm not going to watch, listen or read any news because it's so fucking depressing. So I've deleted Twitter because, you know, I only really ever used it to retweet stuff for the podcast anyway. But, it, it you know, you inadvertently look at something and it will pop up, you know, World War Three, <laughs> some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> And you'll think, fuck me, I can't do this anymore. So, uh, no, I've, I I am on Twitter still. And I, when, whenever I'm on my computer, which is when usually when I record a podcast, I will have a quick look. But that's when you'll catch me. So uh, it's at Dastardly Jabby. That's the best place to. If you desperately want to send me a message, then do that. And I'll eventually catch up with it. So, yeah. <laughs> And of course, with the podcast, the website, 60mw.co.uk, numerical 16, not alphabetical. Links to everything's on there. Everything we do is on there. Uh, and Twitter is the most active social media, which is at 60mw podcast. So give us a follow on there. Uh, not just for news, what we're doing, but we also constantly give movies away on Blu-ray and DVD too. So follow us on there. Uh, or on YouTube as well. We did a few yes, the interview YouTube. shows are on YouTube. Yeah subscribe on there all the links to everything again are on the website so just bookmark that is the main thing so we will all be back with various shows over the coming weeks uh so thank you for listening to this one give the other ones a try if you haven't already tell your friends about us that's the best thing that you can do for us is tell your friends leave us a review that's always nice uh, and hopefully um you'll have us in your ears again before too long mm. Mm? so shall we all say goodbye now goodbye goodbye yes. bye bye no star. Bye.